0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey, and we're doing it during the day. How about that? Because we've got all three of us together. One of us is in nice and sunny Florida. I won't say who. Probably the guy that's got it in his description that's right there. And uh, let's just get to the introductions. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, the face-off extraordinaire for the K-Stars. And I'm joined by the host of the Final Buzzer in sunny Florida, Mr. John Fulkowski.
1: Need a win tonight, Vladimir Tarasenko, Rangers wagon is moving, let's see if uh, they make another acquisition real soon I keep hearing uh, names uh, being thrown around uh, that we'll get to in a little bit, but there's a certain name that continues to get thrown around Despite the Rangers already making their big moves, so we'll talk about that in a bit, but I'm enjoying life down here It's just about 79, 80 degrees, somewhere in that range, life
0: is good and of course, the man who really needed six points this week and got two, Mr. Anthony Larocco. And Mark, what, what's the difference between you and Mikey
2: Anderson on the LA Kings?
0: What's the difference?
2: Well, one of you didn't just sign an eight-year contract for four point one million, so you should take that and laugh because you'll never see that money. But that's the difference. <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> amongst oh, many I mean, others.
0: Yeah, like uh, an eight-year contract. What? This is what they're just yeah. they're just handing those out like candy. It's like Oprah going, you get a contract, you get eight years, you get eight years. You get it, like, you, uh, get it. you get it, you get it, you get it. Oh, oh I, I, I love it whenever they do that, especially when there's like a, a free agent that sets the market like a few years ago when it was Tom Wilson money. But everybody, don't forget, uh, you can always catch our 60-second reviews. I try to get as many of them in as I can. And for the Ranger games, check out the final buzzer with that man right there, Mr. John Polkowski. But every I may answer, be able to do one
1: tonight. I'm not 110% positive. I'll see what uh, the travel schedule holds for me. So,
0: And also, you can check out more articles this week. Uh, we had on uh, it, how Bull Horvat's new contract might have changed the perception of the New York Islanders and much more. So check those out. And also, we are now available on the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to start, though, with our A block with uh, the New York Islanders. This week, the New York Islanders, 0-1-2 versus the Canucks, Canadians, and Senators. Uh, They're right now sitting in sixth place in the Metro with, uh, oh, actually, I'm sorry, it's not 59. It is 60 points. That's what they got. Um, 61, I'm sorry. And their goal differential, plus six. Sorry, I, I, I nope. forgot one. Look at thing. it again. <laughs> well, I have it updated right here where I have the standings. We're gonna go further into that. He but got Anthony, that one
1: correct. He didn't get the other one correct. Yes, yes, <laughs> I missed
0: one number. <laughs> That's what happens? Well, you know, um, I I had I had a late Valentine's Day dinner and uh and yeah, everything's going nicely with that. So yeah,
1: buddy, there you go. <laughs>
0: um. Anthony, the Islanders, I originally had it the next seven games. The Islanders next 11 games now. Versus the Pens, at the Bruins, uh, at the Pens, versus Winnipeg, versus L.A., at Winnipeg, at Minnesota, versus Detroit, versus Buffalo, at Pittsburgh, and versus Washington. Do you look at uh, – now, first, does the Islanders' season hinge on this week?
2: Uh, yeah. You know, they they have – before we get into it, just – transpired last week you know they're they're only you know one point behind sorry uh two points behind pittsburgh um pittsburgh has the games in hand but big but they play each other twice in the next three games so yes mark those those games are going to be are going to be immensely important to the islanders if they want to they want to catch the penguins um you know they beat them the first time they played quite easily so hopefully uh, you know they could have that success again against the pens but yeah these next three games more specifically against the penguins could determine their season um you know you win both of those you put yourself in a pretty good situation and then don't forget that they're only one point behind washington so picking up points against pittsburgh will help them you know pass the caps too we only have one game in hand and a one point lead so um, I mean, that's the good news, despite the travesty that just occurred with them uh this past week. The fact they're still only you know one point out of a playoff spot. Um, you know, it's funny, no one seems to want to just take take the ball and run away with this. this yeah, Pittsburgh, Washington, or eh, you know, Florida just got waxed by St. Louis last night. Oof. Um, so no one, I mean, no one's and this is why the Islanders are lucky, no one's taking the ball and running away, running away from them. That they're still, they're still in this. But man, they have to, they have to win these next couple of games. And it just, it just really eats at me. The fact that they had a 4-2 lead against Vancouver and blew it. Um, they let Montreal tie the game with three minutes left, had a power play in overtime and then lose right after the penalty expired because Barzell made a dumb pass. And then in Ottawa, I mean, they made a, a rookie goalie look like Patrick. Well, I mean, I give credit to him. He, he played really well. Um, but again, they had a power play in overtime in that game. Uh, and they didn't convert and they lose in a shootout, which is no surprise. They've been terrible in the shootout over the I think they lost 12 of the last 14 shootouts. Um, but, you know, though, they, they realistically could have had six points for sure. Um, and they came away with two. So it, it sucks. But, um, you know, again, I'm going to try to be glass half full here uh, and just say that they're they're right in at one point behind Washington. They have to win these hockey games. They have to win these games against Pittsburgh. Um and then you know, really kind of go from there. But the one thing I'll say is that I I think Lane Lambert is is starting to come a little bit of an issue here with these trends that we're seeing with the, with the team. Um, you know, blowing leads is pretty uncharacteristic of them. Um, there just seems like they're not responding to him already, which I I wouldn't have said would have happened. You know, just about halfway through a season, but. Um, they're not, I mean, they're, they're playing soft in front of the net. I mean, the game against Vancouver boys, three of the six Canucks goals, the Canucks players were standing all alone in front of Sorokin, just able to take away his eyes by waving the stick, trying to get it, and just being right in front and no, no one's clearing out the front of the net. You saw it last night. Um, Ottawa's power play goal that made it two one Brady Kachuk. He was all on front. Scott Mayfield was like, was by him. But he didn't do anything to put a stick on him, and Kachuk was just able to redirect the pass. So it's something they're just not—they're not playing tough in front of the net. They're not—they're not being hard on sticks and being hard on pucks, um, and it's costing them. I mean, the game in Montreal, Josh Anderson's goal that tied the game with three left, three, sec- uh, three minutes left. What do you think it was? He was in the slot. He got it. He got a stick on a puck and deflected it. No one's tying them up. No one's moving out of the way, and it's it's hurting them. They, they really need to clean up that part of the game. And I think that's on Lane Lambert. I, I really do. I know the players determine the outcomes of games, but from what I'm seeing blowing leads and whatnot, um, I don't, I don't really have much faith in him. And I will say if they miss the playoffs, I, I think he's going to be a one-year coach. I, I think he's gone. That's, that's my opinion. Wow. Um, but that... I votes, uh, yeah, no must Friday against Pittsburgh must win. Must win and get, your, get yourself back into a playoff spot. Take that win yeah. and then, you know, beat them again on, on Monday or Tuesday when they play again. And that's not even counting Boston on Saturday. But the, the games against Pittsburgh, those are the ones that are hugely important.
1: Yeah, well, you, you look at that and you, you say to yourself, when we were having this discussion last week, the Islanders were, what, one point back of them? with yeah. four games in hand, and we were talking about you know, how the Islanders could take these three games, Pittsburgh could lose one or two yeah. of their next few games, and they could lose that games in hand, and now all of a sudden, now the Islanders are fighting an uphill battle. And it's because, like you said, I agree with you. Lane Lambert, how, how, many, how many times have I asked the question of how long is this going to take for them to transition from Trotz's system to Lambert's? Like, how, how long can we keep saying, oh, transitional issues, transitioning to a new system? How long can we keep using that excuse? Like, I, we're, what, 53 games in for the Islanders now? I, I think it's time that they've already learned the system and, you know, ad- adapted to it. You know, these are professional hockey players. So you have to start asking the question. And I, I, I think you're right by doing so and, and bringing that up, Anthony, is, you know, when does the coach start getting put on the hot seat for this? Because this is this this is a better team than the one that Trotz had last year with all the COVID yes. inju- uh, the COVID uh, you know outages or the you know, missing games and the injuries and everything like that. And you, you just got Bo Horvat on top of that, and and your team is still not responding. So you know, I, I, I do agree with you. I see a lot of the same things that I said earlier on with Gerard Galant and the Rangers. They don't look like they're responding. It looks like he's lost the room. And for a first year coach to lose the room like that especially when he's been an assistant for for how long under trots he was he uh, all
2: four yeah, seasons he, under trots he came he came with trots the same year yeah. he came with
1: trots so that that's bad this is a guy that should have that should command respect he's been around the, lo- uh, the room for a while so all these guys yeah. know him with the exception of maybe horvat you know yeah. so for me um I I do agree with you. I I think that you have to definitely take a look at Lane Lambert. And I think some of the onus is going to have to start to fall on his shoulders very soon. And I I, honestly, I never would have thought that you could see a one year coach, but there's a precedent for coaches coming in one year and then getting removed later. Yeah. Uh, Was it Todd Rudin? Didn't Todd Rudin only last a year in Washington? I think he lasted two years in Washington. Was it two? Two Okay. Yeah. But I mean, Mike Keenan in New York, I mean, uh, uh, extraneous circumstances. You know, given mostly of his own doing. Yeah, of course, but I mean, it's not like there's no precedent to fire a, a new coach after one year when you, when you see that the oh, you know the, the situation just isn't working. So, um yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I didn't get to watch the the Ottawa game, but that Vancouver game and the Montreal game, like again, Islanders known for real good defensive play. You know, attention to detail and the the fact that they just were letting guys go open left and right in those games i mean you said the josh anderson goal uh, That yeah. one. what what the hell was he doing all, all alone in front if i you recall correctly
0: wasn't there two guys in front on that yeah
1: but it, 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 i i think so i think you might be right about that but
2: um, there was two he's just the one that got his stick on the puck but yeah it, yeah,
1: it, Kirby dock i it, believe still, was
0: also there yeah.
1: And then, I mean, the overtime goals bars out being an idiot. I'm not going to put that on Lambert or, or the rest of the team. It's just, you, you can't be that stupid on a power play. i want to make a point overtime. about
0: that in a second, Phil. Go ahead. Yeah, but um,
1: it's it just uncharacteristic defensive breakdowns where guys are being left open, assignments are being blown left and right, and you're just wondering, like, are they ever going to be able to play the defensive hockey that they played under Barry Trotz because – the, you know, come playoff time with trots. this team was an absolute nightmare to play against in the playoffs because they worked you, and you had to play such a patient game to break that system, to break their, to break the defensive structure. And you don't really have to do that with this Islander team. And even if they make the playoffs, do you like as an Islander fan, Anthony? Would you really feel as confident with Lambert at the helm at this point? Like. I I, I wouldn't personally, I I don't know how you guys feel, but I mean, they weren't making these types of mistakes on the regular with trots nearly as much as they have with Lambert. So.
0: Well, one of the points I'm going to make is just specifically for the Montreal and the Ottawa games, they had a a four on three power play in overtime. And both times their their power play just got stagnant. And you basically could replace them with cones or knockout ho- or uh, bubble hockey players. Like the, I think in the Montreal game, what really got them in trouble on it was they, they ended up the one time guys did move. They moved Barzel uh, Barzell and uh, Dobson switched places. Dobson had a couple shots blocked and then, th- then it gets back to Barzell. He goes, it goes by him. Yes. It was a bad play. Everybody could kill him for it. And then, uh, the defenseman goes in the uh uh, and just scores right after that so it's kind of it it, like when you get guys that stop moving it's easy to defend against a team like that and that's what happens sometimes with the islanders And, and you know look maybe the canucks game was just the the vancouver canucks saying let's go out and beat our former captain maybe you could throw that away but man that montreal game and then the, the Ottawa game right after that. I, I know Ottawa is getting their game together more on them in the bar talk, but it's just, that's, that's no excuse. The Islanders are a better team than this. They got a, they got a goalie that's having a great season and they, they have to jump from Bo Horvat who it does have leadership qualities. He was the captain of the Canucks. So it is possible then turn things around. It's just, they're, it's getting late early out there as Yogi Berra would say, and it's getting to, to do that right now. It's also kind of funny, by the way, because when you work with guys that are as smart as these two are, they jump ahead on the questions because the next question was going to be, how much blame is on Lane Lambert? But they already answered that one. So, uh, and what's the final word? What do you expect from... Uh, what do you expect from them next week? You think it's going to be better efforts because it's better teams? Well, it it, sh- it should be
2: uh, better efforts. I mean, they're they're playing, you know, they're essentially, you know, playing for their season because they're you can't – they're getting a lot of gifts right now with, with teams losing, um, which is why some of these comments, I mean, are kind of like, I, I want to say almost like an ignorant Ranger fan, like a lot of teams do real poorly. They're one point behind Washington. They don't need a lot of t- – Games to play poorly to miss the playoffs they simply need to see start winning hockey games because they're right there with the other teams um and that's the point they're right there they just need to start winning hockey games and stop blowing leads and uh, play with more urgency play cleaner you know be strong on your sticks be strong on the puck in front of the net move guys out um they just have to get back to essential basics because i mean right now it's not really their offense that's that's hurting them right now it's actually more so their defense which is something i wouldn't you know i wouldn't think i would have said you know a long time ago now they need to play better defensively and give give their goaltenders help you know not let guys stand in front of them and take their eyes away because chances are they have two really good goalies if they see the puck they're going to stop it so um i expect them to play a real spirited game against pittsburgh um they have to because if they don't they're, they're not going to catch Pittsburgh. And I'll say, to, to obviously, to increase your playoff chances, you want at least two playoff spots that are realistically up, up for grabs. You want to be able to catch Washington and Pittsburgh. If you lose to Pittsburgh both games, you're not going to catch them anymore, and that just leaves one team that you can catch in the capital. So you want more options, uh, give yourself a little more leeway. So um, they have to win the, game, win the games against Pittsburgh, and then, you know, go from there. And uh, I, I'll say this, if, if they stay – you know, one point out or even in a playoff spot come the trade deadline, I think Lou is going to do something else. You know, he's 80 years old. Um, I think this is his last dance. Uh, He wants to win and make the playoffs, and I see him doing something because, again, I I don't – unless, of course, he wants to walk away. If he's done, then maybe, you know, he won't care. But the fact that he made the Horvat trade tells me that's not the case. So I still think he wants to be a general manager. So I I have to assume, um, you know, like I said, if they stay around this – this area that they're in, one point out or in a wild card spot, he's going to make another move. Uh, but this week is going to really, these next three games is going to determine which way he goes
0: for sure. And we're going to discuss those three games in one more minute. But also, Anthony, th- Pittsburgh three times in the next 11 games, you got going to get the Capitals too. Detroit, who's chasing yeah. the Islanders with games yeah. in hand. Buffalo, who's chasing the Islanders with games in hand. LA, who's given whatever day it is, they're the top of the Pacific, and Winnipeg that's nipping at the Dallas Stars' heels. This is this is a lot of this. There's a lot of good hockey that can be played, and the Islanders could also make up some ground by winning all three games in regulation against the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right, that's everybody, because we're going to shift gears over to the New York Rangers, who uh, they made kind of a couple headlines. Fortunately, I have the, the, the points right on this one. They're right now sitting at seven points third in the metropolitan division plus 37 goals, uh, differential. That is just jumping higher and higher right now. The Rangers go out to Western Canada this week. They got the Canucks, the Oilers and the Calgary Flames before they come home for the Winnipeg Jets. Phil, I don't know if you heard, there were some headlines that happened last week Thursday that the Rangers got Vladimir Tarasenko. And then Friday he scores on his first shot as a New York Ranger. And then Saturday night, In the clash between them and the Carolina Hurricanes, Artemi Panarin scores four goals in the game. First, I guess, because we never got your thoughts on the Tarasenko trade, but what is also the effect Tarasenko is having on the New York Rangers?
1: Well, I was asked to describe this trade on Twitter. You know, some mutuals asked me to talk about it. And uh, I said that this trade would rejuvenate him. And... He definitely looks rejuvenated. There's a smile on his face again. Um, Artemi Panarin is extremely happy and he's, he's got, um, you know, obviously he's got some jump in his step. He had uh, between those two games, I believe he had six points in those two, in those two games, Friday and Saturday, uh, five uh, against Carolina and then, you know, the assist on the Tarasenko goal against Seattle. But, um, Canaran has just been phenomenal since this trade has occurred. There's life in his game again. There's life in Tarasenko's game. Um, he just gives the Rangers more depth. He allows them to push other, you know, wingers down the lineup. Now Jimmy Vc can't play in your top line anymore. Um, I think they still need another middle, middle or top six winger. I, and I think I, I think they would be the most complete team in the league if they if they acquire one of those. But um, you you got a guy, and I, I remember a bunch of guys were saying this when Artemi Panarin was signed with the Rangers. But he's one of those guys where you get on the ice and you could, you can, you know, your your chest puffs out a little more because you just got a guy that's a, a weapon, an absolute weapon, and he fits right in. Um, he could fit with a bunch of different players. If you wanted to put him and, uh, him and Panarin with Trocheck, you could do that. You wanted to put him and DeBenet, or you know the two of them together, you wanted to keep them separate with whatever center, that doesn't matter. Tarasenko just adds so much depth to this team offensively. And hopefully they can finally get someone like Jake Laskidmark out of the lineup because that guy does nothing but cardio and is just literally skating laps all over the place. But um I I love this deal because they gave up nothing for it except for one of the, the worst of the two first-round picks this year. You gave up Sammy Blay, who was a nothing piece for them and maligned by Rangers fans everywhere this year. Hunter Skinner, who's a long shot to make the NHL, and what will probably end up being a third-round pick because the Rangers are going to make the playoffs this year. So you, you have a team that's rolling like a wagon right now, and they could still make other moves Um, If you're a Ranger fan, this is a real, real exciting time to be a Ranger fan. Probably one of the most exciting times since 1994, I would say. So a great deal to get him in. The offense is obviously kicking on all cylinders. And now they're going to face another team tonight that lets up a lot of goals. But again, if they're going to underestimate them, like they started underestimating Seattle on Friday, then that could come back to bite them because that it, for for some reason this team loves to blow leads for whatever reason they come back and they end up winning the games but they're blowing leads and it, and you know it's uncharacteristic because last year they were uh, they were the come from behind warriors and they were just beating everybody in their the third periods were great second periods were really good their first periods were terrible slow starts but now they're getting off the good starts and then they're blowing leads and then they're coming back and finishing strong so um I, I will say this, and I, I said this before in the chat as well, but to this comment from Kalan start needs to start utilizing Karasenko better. I absolutely agree. That's why I typed it in the chat. Um, I don't like the fact that he's getting, what, 12, 13 minutes a game right now. This is a guy that should be getting 15, 16, 17 minutes a game. You brought him in for a reason. Get this guy going and get this guy scoring. Because one goal in two games, nice. But you want this guy heading on into the playoffs – on a, on a high note on a hot streak, because if he gets going, forget about it. That's going to be the goal scoring that you're going to need to make differences in the
0: playoffs. And uh, just, just to say this, I mean, that's one of the things I had a problem with all along because Glant likes to play his horses. He doesn't look away from those guys. And like you said, 12 minutes a game. Nope. You got to play Vladimir Tarasenko. You have to play him. Anthony, what are your thoughts so far on the Rangers week? I mean, they added a great player. Um, Tarasenko is a guy that does
2: seem rejuvenated playing, you know, in New York. It's a place he wanted to be. Um, you know, we all talked about it. He was going to waive his no trade for this, you know, New York, New Jersey area, Rangers, Islanders, Devils. So he's on the team that he wanted to go to. He's playing with a friend in you know, Artemi Panarin, and it makes the Rangers definitely more dangerous offensively. I said that, you know, they needed another top six guy. Um, they got him. And like Phil said, they didn't really give up much to get him. Um, and they are rolling right now. It seems like you know, something catastrophic happens. They're going to be locked in the, that matchup with the Devils in, in the first round, the 2-3, which will be, you know, which will be a good matchup. Um, but for now, they're, they're playing really good hockey. Um, you know, for them, they have their eyes set on trying to catch New Jersey. So this way they can have the home ice. But um, And I, I, I think they're not done either. I think they're going to add some more, a couple more pieces at the deadline. I still think a guy like Tyler Mott's a possibility. But, yeah, they're they're playing really good hockey right now. Um, you know, and for them, it's just about maintaining it, you know, make sure that you stay within your game the way they're playing, because um, points are really important right now. You got to get every point you can. You want to catch New Jersey, uh, cause you know, the devils are, are a good team and obviously playing at home makes them even better. So if in a perfect world, you want to, you want to be, you want to finish second and you want to draw a Jersey. I don't think anyone's catching Carolina, but yeah, the Rangers are in a really good spot right now. I expect Chris story to be, you know, active, maybe a little creative, find ways he could add some more players here. Um, but I think he pushed the right buttons with Ken Tarasenko, you know, because maybe if he waited a little longer to the deadline, maybe a team like New Jersey could have jumped him or, or even the Islanders being that, you know, he wanted to come to one of the three teams. So uh, he, he did. He definitely um, made the right move because, you know, waiting around for Kane. Uh, if you listen to a lot of the pundits that you know he still hasn't technically him and Taves really made up his decision on what he's going to do. Um, And I think waiting for a guy who is maybe a little banged up right now, you could kind of left you holding the bag at the end of the day come the deadline. So I think he really did make the right move by jumping on Tarasenko early here.
0: What I love about what this move does and the way that they've actually have structured the lines is if they're going to stack Panarin and Zibanejad together. Now you have Tarasenko. Now that's a super line. Go get it, boys. And now they're also moving Zibanejad away from being the matchup center. They're trying to use Trocek to be more of the matchup guy. I think, Phil, you talked about it two weeks ago, having that line of Kreider, Trocek, and VZ, that could be a shutdown line for you. Mm. And now then you have the kid line to go against whatever the third thing is. And if the Rangers just make one or two more moves regarding a couple lineup changes, I'm hinting at that because we're going to be going to that in bar talk. But it's that, – that this could be a really dangerous team and very soon. And people forget about Mikola. Uh, that guy, if, if he's the answer to the Rangers' prayers on their bottom pairing, that's – that could be really something. And now it's – now you're talking about a team that can go toe-to-toe, not just against Carolina, not just against New Jersey. And, New, by the way, now you have to worry about New Jersey because Jack Hughes is, is – this great player and yes, for Brat you got to worry about. And uh, Nico, Heesher is up to shut you down. So that's another, well, we don't know how long Jack Hughes is going to be out for. They're saying week to week. And, and we don't
1: know how Jack Hughes is going to be back for the playoffs. If he, if he's hurt with an upper body injury, the, the memo to every team that faces him is going to be hit him as hard as you possibly can yeah. make his life hell. And and that's going to wear that, that wear and tear is going to take an effect not only on him physically, but mentally, and you're gonna, you're, we're gonna see his mental toughness tested come playoff time, because every team's gonna be gunning for him, knowing that he's coming back from an injury.
0: Kind of sad that it all happened right after Wayne Gretzky said that's a guy that could catch Connor McDavid. Anthony, you were gonna say something? Yeah,
2: and regarding the Devils, I, I when you talk about making moves, don't forget that I, I expect them to add a big piece of the deadline too. Uh, more specifically, in the form of Timo Meyer. So the Devils aren't going to stand idly by. Um, I think they're certainly going to make a play for for somebody, whether it be Brock Besser if they if they miss out on Timo Meyer. Um, but they're, I think they're they really have their eyes set on Meyer. Um, Kevin Weeks uh, mentioned it yesterday. There's, there's so much smoke around them and Meyer. I, I don't I don't know. I, I see him going there, uh, and I think that would be a big addition for the Devils going
0: into the playoffs. Well, we're Let's gonna see, have more. We're going to have more talk about Timo Meyer coming up right now in a moment. Actually, I should say. But everybody, don't forget always to uh, appease the YouTube gods, like, subscribe, and hit that bell for more information. We got a lot of stuff that we're going to be covering, especially in the next couple weeks, because there is going to be a lot that we're doing. Don't forget to smash that like button as well, Uh, because also we announced this a couple weeks ago, but we are going to be doing a trade deadline special which is going to be hours of hockey talk plus we're going to be doing giveaways that day so make sure you're watching that because it's going to be a great time uh actually before i forget phil there's one there's one more thing because the other news of this week Vitaly kratsov demanded a trade yet again is there's plenty of blame to go around everywhere in my opinion but i want to get yours first who's the blame I, you know what? He's played
1: well, and and I don't understand what he has to do to stay in the lineup. Like if you want, if you're looking for him to be a gritty North American checker, that's just not his game. That that's not what you're going to get out of this guy. This guy's a skilled player. I mean, asking him asking him to be that is like trying to put a round peg in a square hole. What I don't understand what this organization's fetish is with, you know trying to get that out of these types of players. I get it that they have to understand the defensive game and, you know, play a 200 foot game and, and not abandon the defensive side of the puck, but it just doesn't make sense for them to continue to push this agenda with players. And just, it, it's, it should be a meritocracy here. And it's not, and, and you have guys like Lachiz who who continue to play despite doing nothing. Uh, Sammy Blay played despite being a net negative. I mean, Barkley Goodrell makes boneheaded turnovers, and there's never an ounce of consequence or anything that that guy does. So for, for me, it's just like, what are we doing here? Why is it that all these young kids come up and there's just always problems with them? And then you have these fans that turn around and defend the organization, and then they bring up guys like Philip you So you're, the shining example of what you want to – what you want to point out to argue against me is a guy that took six years to develop. That's really your, your, your gotcha type point. I, I mean, this is not, it's not good. I, it may, could Kravtsov have been better? Sure. But he's actually played somewhat well. And then even when he plays well, he gets scratched inexplicably. So, and, and then the, the, the logic for it is not good enough. And then you turn around and, in an interview in the next day, and you say, oh, he's a top nine forward. Okay. So if he's a top nine forward, use him on your third line. Yep. Like where, see, they're, they're, Gallant talks out of one side of his mouth in one sentence and then the next side, the other side of his mouth, in the next sentence. And it's just, it's constant contradictions. And I, uh, you know what? He, it just needs to be traded at this point. I, I'm, I'm putting, I'm going blame wise. I'm going to say probably about 60 40 team. 60 40 uh, team. He, he needs to be better, but they have not put him and they haven't done it with other players too. If it wasn't the case across the board with the young players and they were putting the young players in, in proper positions to develop and succeed, then you know what? Okay. I could look back at crafts on being like, Hey, you know what? This is an issue with just him, but it's, it's not, it's, it's all their young players that all the young forwards, I should say that have had problems over, over the last few years or so. So uh, I'm going 60-40 on blame on the team and Kravtsov needs to be dealt. Honestly, if I'm the Rangers, I go back to St. Louis, and I ask them if they would want Kravtsov in a second for Ivan Barbashev, because I think Ivan Barbashev could come right in and help the the Rangers out big time. And I'm not expecting a 25 goal, 60 point season of Ivan Barbashev because you know obviously he's a UFA or anything like that, but. I don't think he's going to continue to shoot at the percentage he shot at last year, but he fits right in on that second line. He's a more talented version of a guy like Jesper fast, who can come in and play. If, if you want to stick Panarin on that second line, you want him intro check on that second line? That's the line that you want. Okay, cool. Then you can put Kreider, Savannah, and Tarasenko together as your first, your kid line is your third. And then you can finally get Lashizan out of the lineup and, and your fourth line could be something like VC, Gauthier and, uh, and Goudreau at
0: center. So, well, I, I do think that a lot of the blame, uh, Kratsov does not get enough blame out of this because, yes, he exercises the right to go back to Russia. Yes, he did. He, the opportunities were here, were there for him uh, two or three years ago. All he had to do was just go to Hartford for a little bit. He would have been called up right away because of COVID restrictions. They constantly had guys coming in and out of the lineups. I That's just one thing. That. I mean, I also I, I also just don't see it with Kratsov. I mean, everybody's arguing like they're getting rid of Butch right now, and you know my opinions about that, but it's just he's not even anywhere near the Butch range yet. Like, Anthony, do you think that they jerked him around a little bit too much, Kratsov?
2: I think the the blame kind of goes both ways. I, I, I also think that he had a little bit of like an entitlement type of – way about him i think um but the rangers also did jerk him around a little bit um i think he probably thought he had a spot locked down and that wasn't the case which i think rubbed him the wrong way the first time around he requested a trade but um at the end of the day you got you have a player that's disgruntled um it's better for the organization and the player to just move him at this point uh i mean my guess is that he's either he's either gonna go like in a in a package type Deal for like a guy like Barbashev, or they're just gonna uh, trade him for a, a pick of some kind, um, or maybe even a kind of disgruntled, underachieving first rounder for another one type deal. Um, but I mean, the, the sooner they move him, the better, though. Just move, get on with it.
0: And Phil, you said it best, and I said this on Twitter the last couple of days. This is just like seeing a couple that comes in that, or anytime you're hanging out with them, all they do is fight. And you're like, why are you two together? And it's just that, it's sort of that point. You're just like, move on. Move on for the benefit of both of you. That's what it should be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Everybody, that's it for our A Block right now. Uh, We are going to have a quick message from DraftKings and then do some bar talk. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. About one per customer, minimum $5 bet, minimum $5 pregame money line bet. That must win. $150 issued as six $25 free bets. Three bets are not cashable and cannot be withdrawn if you or someone you know has a gambling problem crisis counseling and referral services you can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER everybody wants again i promise that's going to get shorter oh, i, I just didn't <laughs> that makes me i think uh, it's i think so it's so when i, I, it's I get to the 100 bad. Bad. uh the 100 <laughs> <laughs> times. Peak. Yeah. by the way there's 40 it's, it's, of you watching it's, us it's right now pretty, thank you like, very much i i love it <laughs> yeah and and i think you guys could see my discomfort just listening to it just in in the green screen as 40 of you guys watching right now. Thank you very much. Everybody, don't forget to hit that like. Let's do some bar talk. Shot.
2: This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't
1: even begin to describe.
0: I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident? You're buying everybody rounds? Ah, so, so I'll just take a beer. or Oh my God. Just get me a shot. And by the way, if you ever need any liquor, why go to the liquor store where well, you could go to drizzly, just make it a drizzly night. They'll bring the liquor to you. Link is in the description down below. All right. So play along in the comments below and we're going to start with the New York Rangers again. And Phil, I alluded to this earlier in our uh, a block, the New York Rangers need a legit fourth line center.
1: I'm going to say beer. I don't know if it's as much center as they need another winger. Um, Lushin can't be in the lineup. He can't. He's terrible. He he's just <laughs> he's doing laps out there. Guy is like a worse version of Brett Howden. I never thought I could actually say that. I don't know how this guy continues to stay <laughs> at the NHL level other than the fact that Gerard Gallant must love him for, for whatever reason, I don't know why. But um th- played against his dad. Beer. Maybe that was it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe maybe Gallant friends with with Curtis. Then I don't know, but um, the he doesn't belong in the NHL. He doesn't. He's just bad. And you need to get a, at least uh, I would say a winger if you want to move Goudreau over to, to to wing. When you get a center, fine. But I'm going to say Beer just because of that.
2: Okay, Anthony. Yeah, I'm going to go with Beer. Um, I, I think they can use they could use a, a Nick Benino type guy, but. Um, you know, Tyler Mott, but I don't know. I don't know if it's enough to the point where I would go around because I think you could just do what Phil could just said, but I I do think they could use another legitimate NHL, you know, proven bottom six forward for sure.
0: Well, I'm going to actually buy around on this because you need to improve that fourth line. If they improve that fourth line, they are a dangerous team in the playoffs. And I do mean the word dangerous. Though Tampa Bay is looking like they're dangerous right now without any additions. But one guy that I said I would target Sam Lafferty. I know he had the incident with, uh, with, uh, yeah, no, not just that. He also had the incident with, uh, Igor in the game that I went to in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. So even though those incidents were still there, it's just, you know, it's, uh it's, it's something that they need to improve that fourth line and then they can figure out everything from there. Uh, we're going to go over to the New York Islanders. I just have to fix this um, in a second. But right now, uh, Anthony, you look at the wild card standings. There they are right there. The The New York Islanders season will be sided within the next three games.
2: Yeah, around. Um, you're talking – you know, if if they if they lose um, to Pittsburgh, you know Pittsburgh can possibly build a what is a six point lead on them with going with games in hand. It, it would be over at that point. Um, the flip side, the Islanders can manage to take two from Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they could be two points up up on them, or or depending even what they do against Boston. You know, maybe four points up on them. So yeah, it, it's a it's a round for sure. Because again, not not only could they pass Pittsburgh by beating them, but um, they could also take advantage of a weak Washington team right now that's, that's been losing. Um, they're without Alex Ovechkin, who's you know, mourning the loss of his father, which my condolences to Ovechkin's dad and his whole family. Um, but he's away from the team. That makes them even weaker. Um, they're playing the Panthers, and then they got the Hurricanes in the outdoor game, so it's not really going to be easy for them. So, um, yeah, the Islanders have a real shot here to, to get ahead of Pittsburgh and Washington um, and again, if they want to make the playoffs, it's a must, must win at the very least to win both Pittsburgh games. They don't necessarily have to win against Boston, but they gotta beat they gotta beat Pittsburgh both games for sure. So it's round. This is a layup. Joke.
1: I wouldn't say this is a round. I'm gonna go beer here. Yeah, I I just think that um, you have somebody like Washington. And the, the Washington Capitals just don't strike me as a team that's stable right now. Uh, I don't. I, I know that Darcy Kemper is tied for the league in shutouts, but I, I just don't think of him as a great goaltender. Uh, John Carlson's out in Washington. Alexander Ovechkin is probably, you know, my condolences to him as well, not in the right frame of mind right now, losing, you know, his father. Um that team is an old, aging team that's dealt with injuries all year. I, I just – I don't think of them as a very strong team. I could easily see them slipping and missing the playoffs. So I don't think if if they I, – I, I think you're talking about these next three games. I don't think the next three games decide the season. If you want to talk about that next – that that 11-game stretch that you were talking about, then, yeah, that that's going to decide the season, I think. Um, I, I think it's that those eleven games that you mentioned before that really, really, really are going to tell the story going forward. But the next three games, no, I think there's still more than enough time. And Washington, to me, comes off as a very, very weak team. Even Pittsburgh, they're, they're having so much issues in net. They can <laughs> score, but they they can't defend. And they, and the goalies can't stop a friggin' beach ball. Like you you could you could put a, a, a gigantic bomb in the beach ball, and they wouldn't stop the beach ball. So it just, for me, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't trust either of those teams. I think when you have a solid defensive unit like the Islanders do and a, and a, and a world-class goaltender, eventually, you know, things will, you know, they'll righten in their way and they'll, they'll, they'll correct their direction. They'll get, on, they'll get on course, I think. But it's, I trust the Islanders more than I trust the other two teams in front of them right now.
0: I just want to say real quick, it's a good thing you're you're doing the Florida trip now where it's good weather in New York when two weeks ago when it was single digits, (laughs) we all would have been really envious as the birds are uh, uh, tweeting in the background. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to shock everybody. I'm going to say shot on this. And the reason why is because I'm not sure if the Islanders really could catch the Penguins at the moment. Not certainly with all those games in hand, but they could definitely catch the Capitals. And yes, as uh, some of the guys are pointing out, even Rob G says it in the comments below. Buffalo's got games in hand. Detroit's got games in hand. And Ottawa's got games in hand. But you also got to win those games in hand. And they're also going to start I playing. I don't each trust other. Ottawa. I don't. No, I
1: don't it. trust Ottawa, and I'm not sure if I trust Buffalo. They're another but team Buffalo, that. I mean, can't, this guy's can't
2: Rob G. Five, Buffalo just lost 7-2 to Calgary and then I think they lost what five. Didn't they just lose to LA like five nothing or or yep. four one? Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo's got trash goaltending. Yeah, they got games in hand. Yeah, but five they, two. Mean, they mean absolutely nothing if you don't win them. Um so 100 percent jumping New York Islanders. Just Yeah, I don't, per- I don't think they're hundred
0: I don't think they're hundred percent jumping the New York Islanders. And he's an Islander guy, by the way, Rob J. I personally it, uh...
2: I personally think that. The let the spots are really down. Uh, aside from the teams outside the playoff spot, Rob G was an <laughs> Florida, Florida, and the Islanders. I mean, you you want to throw Otto and because as it is, you talk about how it's going to be hard Florida, for the Islanders. Hard too. Detroit, Detroit, you're talking about Detroit and Ottawa have to pass like five teams to get in. I think it's even ridiculous to even entertain Detroit or Ottawa as back. In yeah, the I'm not
1: entertaining Ottawa that's, at this point. Ridiculous. I don't trust Ottawa.
2: That's not happening. You're not passing five or six teams to get into a playoff spot.
1: I think Ottawa is a couple years away. Anyway, I don't trust their goaltending and I don't trust Detroit.
0: <laughs> well, bless you, by the way. Uh, oh, I actually, originally I had Ottawa and Detroit are back in the playoff race but uh, I just deleted that <laughs> on the rundown because, because <laughs> clearly, clearly you can't you can't get that back in. But um, guys, by the way, the Toronto Maple Leaf's one point one three million of deadline calf space. They have seventy two point six million dollars committed to eleven players next season. Wow. Yikes! Is one one name that pops up on everyone's radar is Timo Meyer and. Timo Meyer would be a rental if he goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, Anthony. Yeah, you know it's around. Um, I'm surprised that they're
2: even being talked about in terms of Meyer, but they are. Um, and I mean, I guess it makes sense. They're so desperate to have playoff success, they're, they're I guess they're willing to sacrifice assets and then you know flip him in the summer and get such assets back. But um, I would, I, I don't. I, it's it's actually really surprising to me that they could. Pull something like this off, but I mean, I, I suppose they can if some of the insiders are talking about them being in the running for Timo Meyer. But um, I just don't know if it's smart to trade for a guy like Meyer and then use him as a rental, even though he's technically not. Um, I mean, I get they want to win, but I think they could spend their assets uh, better in terms of defense. But just in the in the context of this question, um, what? Yes, he would round he would absolutely be a rental I don't think there's any way they could afford to retain him unless unless they moved uh you know William Nylander or or John Tavares in favor of him and then re-signed him but I don't see any way the Maple Leafs can keep Meyer going forward if they do acquire him so um this is a round for sure Phil.
1: yeah I mean this is gotta be around Uh, i mean there's no way they can actually do this i would say this is a layup in that regard whether or not i actually see timo meyer going to toronto is another story because um the word's been out there that they don't want to give up a first rounder or a top prospect like matthew Nyes. Um, they don't want to give up those types of assets so i don't see timo meyer going there but um if they somehow pulled that deal off then yeah they're more than likely flipping him or I, to me, what I would do is I would end in William Nylander experiment in Toronto. You know, you, you have too many players like that. You bring in a guy like Meyer is a big body and heavy guy who could, you know, whole play playoff type hockey. He'll score and stuff and he'll bring a physical edge to his game. I would move Nylander out for something. And that would keep Meyer because it just, to me, it makes a lot of sense. You could recoup assets that way. And you get a guy that fits more of what you need. I think they need more of a guy like a Wendell Clark than they do, um, another guy like William Nylander, who's been kind of, uh, soft, but yeah, I, I, you know what I, I get, I get this comment here from core is a joke, but you know, when yeah, you no. have a, when you have a guy that's a, that's a top prospect like that, that you're really high on, you want to do anything you can to hold onto, and especially when your cupboards, you know, going kind of bare. I mean, they have guys like him and then Rodion Amarov who are probably are top two prospects. I would say at this point, um, because Nick Robertson is kind of falling down their depth chart a little bit. But he ain't he, as good as his brother. No. Well, he's probably never gonna be as good as his brother. His brother is insane. But um yeah, so I, I don't uh I, I don't I don't see Timo Meyer happening for Toronto, but I,
0: I w- if it did happen, I would move William Nylander in the offseason. Yeah, I don't see it happening them even getting him anyway, but I know that they've been talking about it. But Phil, you just diagrammed how they could do it. You can get Timo Meyer. So it's a beer for me, by the way. Uh, you can get Timo Meyer and then go off and move William Nylander in the offseason or at the draft. Bang, there you go. Now you have uh, now you have the room and space to get Meyer in, probably under about nine million dollars. But it's uh they got a lot of free agents on that team <laughs> next year. As I said, 11, 11 players are getting yeah. paid $72 million. And here's another question. The one reason why you might consider it as a rental, but then reinvest in them, Anthony, because next off season begins Austin Matthews watch. Mm-hmm. And they might want to move him before next season starts if that happens, I think it's crazy to even think about it. There should already be a contract right there, ready for him to sign, and uh, I'd be throwing, I'd be throwing contract out of like dollar dollar bills, y'all, to make sure that he stays. <laughs> so that's that's just that. Let's move on and let's go to the news out of this week. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov and Jacob Chikrin are being held out, awaiting trades. First off, by the way, guys. I hate that trend. I understand it. I hate that trend. But uh, Kings should opt for Vladislav Gavrikov instead of Jacob Chikrin. Phil, go ahead.
1: I'm going to say shot. Yeah, I know it's going to cost less to get Gavrikov, but I think Chikrin actually fits what they need more than Gavrikov does. Chikrin's a good two-way defenseman. I'm not sold on him being uh, a 50, 60-point defenseman like he was going to be in 2023, or, I mean, uh, 2021. But um, I think Gavrikov is is a good defenseman, but he strikes me as more of a number four, five type than Chikrin, who's more like a two, three, maybe a number one, depending on the team. So um, I'm, I'm
2: going to say shot on this. Anthony. Um, I'm going to go beer. Um, I mean, I think Gavrikov is, is sought after by a lot of teams right now, actually. Um, I think he does move the puck. Well, Um, he's yeah, he's sure he's definitely more of a defensive defenseman, but I I like the way he moves. And I know for the Kings, you don't want to give up Brent Clark. Uh, You could probably get Gavrikov without having to do that. Um, So, but I don't know. I, yeah, Chikorin is the better the better player overall. But for the Kings to give away a player, um, like a highly regarded player, for them in the long term, I don't know if it's worth it. I think they just keep growing with the way they're growing by stockpiling picks and prospects because they're having success with what they've been doing. So the steer kind of blow – well, not blow it up, but to make a big move for Chikorin when there's a guy got like Gavrikov out there, I think that there's, there's merit to that too. So I'll go beer.
0: Uh, by the way, thanks to the, the 53 of you that are watching right now. Make sure you're hitting that like button. And I'm actually going to go shot on this one because I think what the L.A. Kings need is Jacob Chikrin. They need an offensive defenseman to really complement their game. We're going to give you a situation where they possibly could deal for Jacob Chikrin in a few moments in our who says no comments, or sorry, section. And I – I think Gavrakov is more like a depth defenseman versus Chikrin but then again like people are losing their minds on Chikrin. I saw some guy on Twitter just say the Rangers should trade Sisterkin for uh Chikrin and uh Vilmelka and I'm a big what? defender. And I, I yeah, I know. He, and he's and in he, and, and I went uh, Phil I went to it either he's doing a great troll oh. job or he's really just insane that's you got to be out of your mind in order to think that because even i broke that i broke it down and said so you want to get a guy you want to get rid of the reigning vesna trophy winner for a guy that's had one good season and often injured and a goalie with okay stats
1: so his stats um, would be really good if he was on a
0: better team uh for is yeah just incredible but i i, um, I like the guy i think he could be a franchise piece for them but it's just you know it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't would risk
1: up. that though to to get Chikrin, and not only that, but you're you're not gaining much cap space by doing that, if any at all. And the Rangers are going to have to make other moves. I mean, I get it; the defense would just be stacked if you added Jacob Chikrin um, to that mix. But I don't understand why you would want to go from a sure thing to a guy that's still got something to prove.
0: Yeah. Enough. And also, by the way, he's not getting playing time over Adam Fox. So, what else the point?
1: No, so. and and he wouldn't. Shickrin's a left side defender, um, so he he would either be on that top pairing with Adam Fox, which allows you to move Ryan Lindgren down one, um, or you could even move Ryan Lindgren down to your third pairing at that point. Play him with Braden Schneider. Your third pairing just becomes rock solid, and your second pairing is still Miller and Truba. Like that's that's pretty damn good depth on defense right there. But I don't think they would do that just because they're not going to break up Fox and Lindgren who have played together for years.
0: Well, I am looking forward to the trade deadline and the end of the Jacob Chikrin uh, trade deadline conversation talk, because it is getting way too annoying. Uh, I have, I
1: have, I have a, an honorary uh, bar talk uh, um, topic actually. all right, well,
0: uh, let's do let's do our scripted last one and then we'll do that one. okay? Okay. because we're going to talk about the Big Apple Hockey trade deadline show, which is going to be March 3rd. We're going to have giveaways and other stuff for that. We're 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 getting it all together, everybody, because it's going to be a big day. Hopefully there's still plenty of trades to be made because if they're holding out Chikrin and Gavrikov already, they could be on the shelf for two weeks. But the NHL trade deadline is the best of the trade deadlines in sports. Anthony, I'll start with you. I think it's the. I mean, I don't. I don't
2: follow the NBA, but I. I mean, I, because of Twitter, I do see all some of the action that goes down. I know the NBA is known to have like absolute blockbusters at the trade deadline. You um, know, all these huge ass trades happening. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say beer just because I think the NBA the NBA deadline seems to see seems to be a little more crazier. Um, but I mean, I, I think the NHL trade deadline is better than MLB and and NFL for sure that I'm pretty certain of, but I think the NBA is the best one just because of how many big trades usually happen on it. But uh, I would like to see the NHL get, um, you know, see some big blockbusters in the next couple, you know, next two weeks leading up to the deadline because it's exciting. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of how I view it. So, I, I mean, I guess I could put that as a, a beer shot. I'll do, I'll say beer. Okay.
0: Phil, what do you think? i it with
2: me
1: last year. I'm going to say round. I, I, I think this is the best one. Um, the baseball deadline is a little weird because there's the waiver deadline afterwards, the waiver trade deadline. And that just kind of throws everything off. So it's like, it's a, it's a weird way. It's kind of like, almost like how in baseball, they have a soft cap and not a hard cap. The NHL, there's a hard cap and there's no moves really after that, after that, that 3 p.m. deadline and that's it like moves might come in because they're submitted and they're waiting to be approved but i mean the submittal deadline is 3 p.m. and that's it so usually by five you, you have an idea of all the trades that are in or even sometimes by four so I'm, I'm going i'm going around
0: on this uh uh you know what the nba can make more headlines with their trade I deadline suppose, yeah. and it's a little bit further out MLB, they can make big moves, but then it's like, well, if it doesn't happen, no, you always have the waiver trade trade deadline. The NFL is trying to make their trade deadline into something. It's it's basically still nothing. Yeah, but it's unless... always too early in the season. Yeah, and also it's, I mean, they're trying to get it to be up, but unless Jerry Jones is freaking out, or this year I think the Miami Dolphins threw uh, picks around. I'm actually going to go round on this one. I think it's the best. It's We we did it last year, and uh, it's going to be us this year, Anthony, and it's going to be uh, – hopefully we get Phil on for a little bit. Uh, but it's it's going to be – again, you get to that final hour and just trades are coming in. Rumors are going off left and right. You go last year. It, the Rangers went from Ricard Raquel to Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott in a span of 25 minutes yeah and it's that's it's awesome. what makes it amazing yeah so, trade deadline,
2: I, I mean listen i'm a hockey fan so to me it's it's the best because exciting i answered in in the best in terms of because you know the nba has all steals the headlines like you said that's why i said that but um yeah overall i mean nhl trade is great it's one of the, probably the most exciting day of the hockey you know calendar year aside from you know free agency depending on what you like better but yeah, I love yeah. I love the NHL trade deadline or the draft. The draft is yeah. in there yeah. too. Yeah, the draft the draft is good. Draft too. will probably be number three behind the other two for me.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, and we we had a great time covering the draft this year. Yep. We weren't even there yet because yep. I don't think I can. I mean, by the way, the that draft coverage. Uh, thank God they had so many trades. I had to do at least ten shots that day, so that was <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. So, <laughs> so we and, have one more topic that I added to VAR talk. Because
1: I just have to, because I know how much Mark loves his sagas. But the Jacob Chikrin saga is more annoying than the Jack (laughs) Eichel saga.
0: All right, I'm starting this one. I'm buying around on this. I have to (laughs) buy around. Oh, my God. This has been he has been on the trade block for it feels like an eternity. And they've sat him out. They made sure he, like, we were talking about this yesterday. It feels like they're healthy scratching players and trying to manage assets. They've been doing that with Chikrin for at least two years. Like, it's sort of like, oh, hey, uh, so you're injured. Don't worry. Take another two weeks to come back. We'll see if we could trade you. And every day there's a different team that's trying <laughs> to get them. It's Ottawa Senators or. LA Kings uh, finally just deal them to the Kings deal them somewhere deal them to the KHL. I just, I'm tired of hearing about him. I thought Mark was going to blow a gasket. I <laughs> just, really did this for a reaction.
1: I, I thought Mark was just going to lose his shit, So Oh, it's just, just so
0: annoying. It really is. so annoying. <laughs> he really dislikes Anthony, what do you think? Um,
2: I, I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a uh, beer. Um, I know I talked about chicken for a while, but the Eichel one was unbearable. And then there was the whole wrinkle that the, they disagreed on how he should, you know, repair his neck. That added an interesting aspect to it and seemed like it was going on forever. And um, the removal um, of his captaincy. Yeah. 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 The chicker's just yeah. funny because it gets under your skin. But I, I don't think, I don't, honestly, I don't think it's
0: as annoying as the Jack Eichel one. That's maybe yeah. to you it is, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, th- then again, I did that that hour long stream of, uh, based off, uh, uh was it Rick Carpinello's tweet? I think it was that it was, Oh, don't be surprised. That Mika Zibanejad yes, is in it Mika's Rick trait.
1: Carpinello. Oh my God. Thank God. It you really know what?
0: Was I might, good. I might need to change my answer. I'd still stick with this one. Cause it's still <laughs> going on. Phil. I'm going to say shot. Um,
1: the, the Jack Eichel saga was really bad. And the Buffalo Saber stands for like unbearable. We had that, we had those guys that were coming into our streams and, 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 and basically just like trolling at us and like, basically like, like talking down to us and all this other crap. And I'm just like, nah, it's like, get out of here. Like, yeah, I know involved, it, that type of crap. Was, so
0: absolutely. It's, it's just one of those things where I can't help, but just say, no, it's, they, I love it when they are also saying, well, we, we want your garbage players. It doesn't matter if you want the garbage players, you might have to take the garbage players because yeah. you got a guy that's not even playing right now. All right, everybody, that is the end of the Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk where we're engaging our conference on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. So don't forget, if you want the liquor store to come to you, go to drizzly.com. Actually, click the the link below to go to Drizzly, start an account, and they'll bring everything to you, parties, whatever. It would have been great for Super Bowl last week. But yeah, I didn't have the sponsorship until then.
1: I love how you plugged it during bar talk, though. That was, like, the yeah. perfect <laughs> way to, to plug it. it. It
0: is the perfect thing to do for that, yeah. and there's still one more we could plug in a moment, but we're going to ask a question on trades that are going to be made, and we have to ask who says no. Uh, it's a no for me, dog. Mm, no. No. Mm, no. No. All right. Because everybody, this is uh, the brainchild of Mr. Anthony Rocco right there. And Let, let's just let's
2: just stress that. I know we call the segment who says no, but it actually could be a case where
0: the answer is no one says no. And that's a yes. 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 Well, we do have that as an yes. option, because, yeah. by the way, speaking about plugging lots of things. I went to Hockey Heaven yesterday because I went to Pure Hockey because I had to pick up some stuff. I ended up spending $250. Need some hockey equipment? Check the the link in the description below. And I'm going to be making something up for that soon. So welcome to Big Apple Hockey's Who Says No, where we decide who declines these mox trades. Play along in the comment below. So we're going to start with one that was suggested yesterday in our group chat and one that was said by one of our panelists today. To the St. Louis Blues, Vitaly Kratzoff, a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick for Ivan Barbashev and 50% retained. Mr. LaRocco, I turn to you first. I actually think this is this is pretty
2: fair. I mean, I did see that the Blues are, you know, asking on Barbashev. They, they could get a first. But overall, you know, you get a former first-round pick, a second, a fourth, um, you know, for a guy who's going to be UFA, so 50% retained isn't really a big deal for him. So, um, I actually, I actually might say, you know what, let's, you know, let's let, let, let's make a deal here. I guess it really depends if there's a team that offers up a first, then, you know, maybe they say no, but
0: overall I do like the framework of it. So if you haven't caught that, what Anthony is saying about this trade,
1: to to be fair, to be fair, to be fair,
0: to be fair, to be fair. Philk. I think
1: this goes through. Um, It's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Love it. But um, yeah, I think this goes through. I think this is what it's going to look like to get someone like Barbashev. I don't know if anyone's going to necessarily offer a first round pick for him. Uh, Markets are usually very volatile, and everything's always a fluid situation, so that could change. I mean, we've seen someone like Paul Gostad return a first round pick.
2: Oh, that was insane. That provided that was
1: one. It was a bad trade, and two, you know, uh, there were other pieces involved to make that happen. Um, but never say never. Uh, I just don't think that it's going to be a first round pick for Barbashev. I think it's going to be a second, a good prospect, and maybe an additional lesser, lower level prospect or a lower pick like a fourth. And I think St. Louis will have no problem retaining fifty percent to make it work to help out a team like the Rangers in this instance or whatever team ends up trading for
0: him. I'm actually going to say this deal might go through. So uh, there's no problem with this trade. Uh, maybe the second round pick, maybe that's what makes Chris Drury balk. But you know what? You're The, the Rangers you got to go for it like they're going for it right now. You so got to go, go for it. If, they, if you're pushing your chips all in, bang, who cares about the second round pick? Because still, you, you still got Brendan Ottman coming up in the wings, and most of your defensemen are still pretty young. So you got to do it now. Let's shift over to the other New York team, the New York Islanders, because we have this one. Jacob Verana and Tyler Bertuzzi. And to Detroit goes the 2024 first-round pick, Samuel Baldock, Simon Holmstrom, and Josh Bailey. Philk, who says no? I think the Islanders actually
1: might say no to this. I think the Islanders are giving up a lot in this. They're, you're giving up two of their top three prospects at this point because you got to say the consensus top three prospects amongst the Islanders are William Dufour, Samuel Bolduk, and Simon Holmstrom at this point. And now that Atu ratu has gone, um, Bailey is a nothing burger to me. Verona, we don't know what's going to happen with Verona. I mean, he's been out for you know his own personal issues, uh, you know obviously we hope he he's doing well fighting those and we hope that he gets better. But, um, Tyler Bertuzzi for a first and a prospect, I think would, would be fair. I think that might even be a little much just because he's been hurt this year and he hasn't had a great year. So I could see a second and, a and maybe one or two of those prospects and maybe another prospect or Josh Bailey to make it work. Um, I, I just think the Islanders end up saying no because this is a lot. Even though I know that Verona could end up coming back and it could be a wild card, so I know I know why they gave up a bit, but I, I think the Islanders just might not want to give up their entire prospect cupboard to to make a deal for a guy who I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna be able to resign Tyler Bertuzzi. I, Verona I believe is under contract long term.
2: No, and one I more th- year.
1: One more year? One more okay. year, yeah. So that might complicate things for the Islanders' cap situation. Um, but Tyler Bertuzzi is definitely going to be a rental for them. I, I just think that this deal is a little too big for the Islanders, and I don't think they want to give up two of their top three prospects.
0: Anthony, who do you think? So
2: this this deal boils down to you got Rana, who the Red Wings want to – Want to get rid of, um, and Bailey, who the Islanders want to get rid of, Um goes on to a first Bolduc and Holmstrom for Tyler Bertuzzi, which I, I think the Islanders. I know that adding guys like Vron and Bertuzzi into their lineup right now, they're two, you know, legitimate top six forwards. I mean, that would help them immensely. But going forward, long term, I don't know if it's the best thing to do. Being that Samuel Bolduc looks like he might be a pretty good defenseman, Holmstrom. You know, it looks like he's kind of finding a niche in that third line checker role that, you know, he's he's been pretty useful. But I think the Islanders say no. I think as much as it would help them this year and and may possibly with adding those two guys probably propels them past Pittsburgh and Washington. But I I don't think
0: going forward, it's the best deal. So I'm going to say Islanders say no. I'm going to look at the one thing that is going to make Lou say hell no. And it's the first round pick as the first overall pick or whatever first round pick it's yeah, Luke Lou already traded one and he's going to do it for a bigger deal with more security. He's going to lose Tyler Bertuzzi. He's got one more year with Verana uh, Samuel Bolduck. Like I said before, and both you guys said it, he's too valuable to just move with a first round pick for a guy, basically for one more year and an expiring free agent. So, although I do have to say Tyler Bertuzzi, man, he would kind of fit on the Islanders. Yeah, he would um, very well. well. That
1: would I, that would be a deal that I would not want to see me because the Islanders, I think, could – although I think they need more defensive help, that would really, really set them up for a deep run, I think.
0: Well, here's one going to the Pacific Division. To L.A., <laughs> Jacob Chikrin. And to Arizona, a first-round pick of this year, a second-round pick next year, Alex Turcotte and Sean Jersey. Uh, Sean Jersey, I mean. I say yes, accept the deal. Uh, then everything, Everybody says yes, let's just get this over with. I'm too, too tired of it. <laughs> and after that, trade Vitalik. Gee, I wonder, Mark's Mark
1: saying he <laughs> accepts the deal because he doesn't want to hear about Jacob Chikrin anymore. He not
0: want to hear about Jacob Chikrin. Uh, however, I do have to say L.A. says no on this one. I think, I, I think, I don't think they want to part with Sean Dursey, but there's another name you're talking about that they don't want to part with, Falcon.
1: I don't think that they want to part with someone like Brant Clark or Quentin Byfield. I don't think they're going to give up on Byfield yet. Um, I imagine that the talks probably stalled because they wanted one of those two in addition to Clark and then probably a first round pick. And that's where this deal probably ended up falling apart. So um, Turcotte, um I'm not going to say that he's looking like a bust, but his development has not gone the way that LA has wanted it to go. And, this is a guy that was drafted in 2019. He was a top 10 pick in that draft, and we all thought he was going to be a real good two-way center in the mold of somebody like Jonathan Taze at the NHL level. Someone like that was the type of player that they were going to get. He just hasn't been that yet. And his AHL numbers really haven't shown uh, uh, any type of glance of him being that that type of player at the NHL level at any point. So I, I, I think – I think if – L.A., if there was a name that wasn't Sean Dursey, I, I think L.A. would do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say L.A. probably says no. I think Arizona probably also says no because they're going to get greedy and they're going to ask for more because Chickren's under contract. And that's, that's been their sticking point throughout this whole saga is we've got this guy under contract and he's affordable you know, cap-wise and salary-wise. We don't, we don't have to move this guy, and we're not going to do so until we get the deal that we want. And yeah, can I blame it? them? No. I don't, but I, I just don't see teams giving up a King's ransom for a player that's had one really good year. And that's why these discussions continue to fall apart time after time.
0: And also people need to be reminded Jacob checker skates on frozen water, not walks on water. So uh, yeah. Anthony, who says no, you know, I, I think, I think Arizona at this point
2: realizes they're not going to get Brand Clark, Byfield, uh, Velarde. Um Turcott, while looks – could be trending to a bust, I think still could be enough of a prospect that along with a first and second um, would n- have them find this to be acceptable. I included Sean Dursey in there because it's been rumored that, from what Elliot Friedman said, looks like there's another player – that could have stole the deal that's supposed to contract-wise It needs to go back to Arizona. I think L.A. is going to have to send Arizona a defenseman. I mean, whether it be Dursey or or Sean Walker or somebody, they got to send somebody back there. Um, I think that might be even a forward, though. I I think from from the
1: context that I get from those words is that it's somebody that's got a bigger contract to make things work. And I I, I think Arizona didn't want to take back that contract and that might be, I could be wrong, but that's what, to me, that's what it sounds like.
2: Looking at the roster, they don't really have many. I mean, Trevor Morris, six years at four point. Other than that, they don't really have. What many about Victor Arvidsson? Yeah. Well, he's got one year left after this. So that's, I
1: mean that, but that's the thing. It, it seems like they wanted to make the contract, yeah. like the cap work. And that's why I, w- I was looking well, at yeah. Arvidsson when I, when I first heard that.
0: Well, I mean, Hopefully, again, this is the end of the Jacob Chikrin saga because I have never heard of somebody that's been on the block longer than he has. So but let's move over to a guy that I'm actually surprised he's on the block. I got to say this, guys, because I still can't uh. believe this. Here's one to Vegas, Thatcher Demko to Vancouver, a first round pick, Lauren Persaud, and uh, Daniel Mironov. Do I pronounce that right? Yeah, Miramanoff. Okay. Uh, Anthony, who do you think uh, says no on this one? Well, um, Vegas desperately needs a goalie.
2: Logan Thompson's out. So they, I mean, they probably say yes, because they trade first like candy. Lauren Persuad is just a goalie going the other way to Vancouver because they would need someone too. And Mayor Monoff is, you know, he's okay. But um, so I think Vegas says, I think Vegas says yes easily. Um, Vancouver. I mean, from their perspective, they get a late first. I don't know. I think I think Vancouver says no. Um, but I do think Thatcher Demko going in a deal is possible. I just think they might X for a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think if you switched Demil Miramanov to Pavel Dorofeyev, I think that deal gets done. Because I think Vancouver would want Dorofeyev.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh... Probably saying uh, Vancouver would say no on this one. I just looked this up, though. Five, uh, he's signed at $5 million to 2026. And if Thatcher Demko was still on that trajectory of becoming a starting goalie in this league, NHL Network had him in the top 10 goalies uh, uh, in the league last year. And, you know, obviously Robin Leonard with his troubles. You know, why not? Go get him. Go get him, Mel, uh, Vegas. Here's a guy that also Vancouver is looking at. By the way, everybody's looking to be traded out of Vancouver right now. If, if they're not trying to be traded, Vancouver's looking to trade them. Brock Besser at 25% retained, going to the New Jersey Devils for and going over to Vancouver. A second-round pick, and Fabian Zetterlund. Filk, who says no?
1: I. You know what? I I think this is a deal that could actually work for both teams. I think New Jersey wouldn't go after Besser just because I think that they're so hung up on Meyer, but I think Besser would be a fallback option for them. Zetterland they're somewhat high on, but I don't see them being high enough to, to not move him for a scoring upgrade. So it's just a matter of how high they're on Besser if they, and if they miss on Meyer to me. So I think this deal could go through though. I I just the retention might have to drop a little bit from 25 percent, though, because he's got some years left on his deal. Besser.
0: Anthony.
2: Yeah, I think this is I think this is a good I think this deal would go through. Um, You know, I think Vancouver understands due to Besser's salary and performance, too, that they're not going to get a first for him not going to get top prospects. So a second round pick and, you know, a a young roster player who has a little bit of upside, I think they they would recognize as a fair deal. You know, they're tearing it down. So, uh, and for New Jersey, if they miss on Meyer, they still get a guy that does have, you know, capabilities just underperforming um, and they still don't really give up anything that's going to hurt them really going forward. So, yeah, I I think this would be a good deal.
0: 6.65 million dollars. All the way to 2025, yeah. uh, 25% retained would knock them down to about maybe five or just a little bit under five. I, I like this deal if you're New Jersey because uh, then you have uh, a bona fide shooter t- for their power play. And uh, you know what a second round pick? Uh, maybe Vancouver tries to get a little greedy, but I think this deal could go through too, guys. That's about it. And yeah, we I don't have think a they can couple... ask for
1: Holtz for a at this point. No.
0: Yeah, that's one of those guys that New Jersey is high on, too. That's why I'm a little bit shocked. He was having he was putting up great numbers for a little bit, and then now they might get away from him. Um we got a couple deals featuring Mr. Timo Meyer. So we're gonna start with to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh 2023 first, Pey- uh, Peyton Krebs and Jack Quinn. For Timo Meyer, Anthony, who says no? I think this is the
2: type of package that's going to require to take Timo Meyer, uh, But I'm going to say Buffalo says no only because um, I don't think anyone expected them to be as competitive as they were this year. I think they're playing with a little bit of house money, so to speak. I think they should be patient, continue doing what they're doing. You know, maybe in the offseason you try to sign the hometown boy, Patrick Kane, or make moves elsewhere. Um so I, I say they say no, be patient, but I do think it's fair value. I think Meyer is going to return something along these lines.
0: I'm going to jump in right now and agree with you on that 100%. Don't go after Timo Meyer right now. You could try to do, get him at the draft. Maybe the price comes down a little bit. This is a package that would be what he, uh, San Jose is asking for right now. But um, – no, I mean, Jack Quinn could always develop into something, and Krebs hasn't been uh, bad for them. So let's see, let's see what happens in the offseason. Phil? Those are going to be two
1: cornerstone players for them. Um, yeah, I, Buffalo is not
0: doing this deal.
1: Uh, the, and You guys are absolutely right. This is the type of deal it's going to take to get him, but it, it's definitely not happening with Buffalo. Buffalo is going to stay the course. They're going to go and get, you know, a minor addition and see if they can try to make the playoffs. Because what they're what if I'm if I'm the general manager, if I'm Kevin Adams, what I want to do is I don't want to stand pat and tell these guys that I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is I want to go make a move that says, hey, I support you guys. I think we're close. I think we're getting there. And I think we're capable of making a move. But I don't want to go give up my farm for a guy like Meyer who would help but would also kill depth in the future. And not only that, but you're going to add a guy that's going to it's going to command somewhere around eight nine million somewhere in that range going forward probably. If you want to just you know push the qualifying offer figure aside, uh, that's going to complicate their cap situation going forward. And they and Buffalo did a great job with getting Thompson and and Cousins and and Darlene under under lock. That, that that's all great to to do what they did, but now you got to worry about. You know, getting guys like Krebs and Quinn, and their other defenders, and their other you know up and coming players like JJ Paterkas looked really good for them as well. So now now you got to worry about that. And I, I to me, I don't see Buffalo doing this. It just doesn't make sense for their timeline and their trajectory.
0: And we got one more Timo Meyer one, and one more trade with another guy that's going. And we're gonna get to some of your recommendations that you're putting in. The comments will go with that rapid fire, but how about this one, Philk? To Carolina, Timo Meyer to Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> all right, we're gonna fix that one. Actually, actually, in this one, I blame Anthony uh, because I copied and pasted it on these. So, all right. Well, Timo Meyer going to the Carolina Hurricanes. For and a for 2023 Huber, first, though. Anthony uh, Lynn. <laughs> a, a, a 2023 first, a 2023 <laughs> second, Seth Jarvis and Jack Drury. Anthony, who says no?
1: I'm surprised he didn't call him Chris Drury.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh my god!
2: Well, I mean, Seth it is Jarvis your fault, by you, the way. Looks like a. Uh <laughs> um I like Seth I like Seth Jarvis. Don't really like Jack Jory. I don't really think he's gonna be um of anything of, of real substance here. So first, second, Seth Jarvis is a good young roster player. Um I think mm, uh, I think San Jose, I think San Jose may might say no here, to be honest, but it's close. Folk. So, I think Carolina says no.
1: I, I don't think they want to give up Seth Jarvis. I think they like what he's done. I think he fits in with the team. He's the type of player they want. I get Meyer is, is the sexier player right now because he's big, he's strong, he's developed, he's he's a scorer. Um, but I, I also think you kind of – when you start moving out young guys like Jarvis for a guy like Meyer, who's already like well within his prime years, you start changing your timeline around. And I don't think Carolina really wants to do that. I think they have a better prospect pool than people give them credit for. And, um, although some of their picks may have not gotten to the point where you think they would have been at, especially after they killed that 2019 draft the way that they did. Um, I, I just don't see them giving up on Jarvis. I think this makes no sense. And to give up that much more on top of Jarvis to get Meyer, I think that's probably more than a, uh, more than likely a big no from Carolina at this point. So I'm going to say no from Carolina's
0: end. Uh, this is my answer. The Hurricanes say no because they don't want to give up Seth Jarvis. the The Sharks say no because – they don't want a, a first round pick that's going to be number 30. But the Vancouver Canucks clearly say yes <laughs> because they're getting all this stuff and nothing, <laughs> they had nothing to do with it. They're like, wait a minute, we got the first, a second, uh, Seth Jarvis. Well, just, well how high is Vancouver running? on Justin Huber, though? <laughs> <laughs> how high are they on Anthony Lindmark? They're very high on Anthony Lynn, because even Anthony Lynn was had more of a career than Jeremy Lynn. So anyway, so going over to uh, this one, the last one we got for us, guys, we're going to get to yours in a second. To Boston, Vladislav Gavrikov, and to Carolina, a first-round pick, and John Beecher, Phil, who says no. To
1: Carolina, to Columbus, Mark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said, oh. Well, at least I had the right thing on the screen. <laughs> Man, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you you, oh you guys God, are listening out. We are, we are really having oh a good God. time on this one.
1: This is, this is an all-time – like, this should be our blooper reel right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say probably um, – I think Columbus says no just because, yes, they like the first, but John Beecher's – his development has just not been there. He was a high pick in 2019. I thought he was going to be a good player, something along the lines of maybe like a Chris Kreider type, where he was going to be a big physical, you know, uh, you know, speedster that had some skill. But he just he hasn't panned out the way that you would thought. And and to me, I, I don't know how much value he has. So I I, I like the idea of a first because I think it's gonna probably end up taking a first for Gabrikop because he's Probably, if it's not for Chikrin, he's the best defenseman right. on the market at this point. Yes. And I think he's the most realistically obtainable. So I think there is going to be a major bidding war for his services. So I, I do think it's going to start with a first. And then I think it's going to be another prospect from there. But I think it's going to have to be something better than Beecher at this point. Who I'm just, maybe it's just me, but I'm not high on him anymore. He hasn't developed the way that he, he should have at this point. I thought he would be an NHL by now. And it's looking more like he's trending the other way.
0: I'll stop, I'll step in on this one real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Columbus says no. That's that's it on that. Anthony.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I know they're gonna get a first for Gavrikov, but they're also realistic. And you know, they're not gonna get like Gavrikov for like a first in Lysel, like a top prospect like that. I think <laughs> no that, Lysel's yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. So I'm I mean, Beecher, Beecher still is a former first round pick. Um you know, Gavrikov's a UFA to be. Um, I think I think they take the assets and and they go with it. I don't mean sure could it's they get possible. a better? You pro- may be right. Could they get a better prospect with Beach or elsewhere? Possibly, but um, I think I think this is a deal that they would take for Gavrikov.
0: All right, let's go check out some of yours, uh, Phil. You got all these starred, right? Uh yeah, uh,
1: I, I I saw you starring some, so I went and I starred more. All right, so we'll start with M Y R for life. Two New York Rangers, Noel Chari, the St. Louis third-round pick. I think both teams probably say yes to this.
0: I agree with you. It, I, I'm gonna say they say yes, and uh, that's the, uh, that's a guy that definitely they were target. He's uh, done real good work on the fourth line. Going to you, Anthony.
2: Yeah, deal. I think that's I think that's I think that's fair. I think it's a pretty solid deal. Yeah. So
1: good good job by M Y R for life there, buddy. Good good trade. Jay Lewis has two of them. I'll start with his first. Alex Turcotte to the Rangers for Vitali Krasov and a change of scenery for prospects, and I could actually see a deal like this happening. I see one of three things happening with Vitaly Krasov: one, it's a deal like this where it's a, another change of scenery type player, where you know this is a classic scenario it happened so many times before, very plausible; two, Vitali Krasov gets dealt with like a second round pick or you know he's packaged for something at the deadline here. Or three, he's just moved in the offseason for a third-round pick, maybe a second if the Rangers are lucky. So I, I say this could absolutely
0: be a deal. Well, you were talking about John Beecher before. I agree with you on that. It would be change of scenery type of players. This would mm-hmm. definitely fit that mold. And uh, I would say that this deal could go through if anybody balks at LA, Anthony.
2: Yeah, um, I think I agree with you, Mark. I think uh, I think it's deal could absolutely happen. Uh, it's also perception. I mean, uh, we perceive Krafzoff in a certain way as maybe um, heading towards possibly a bust. I mean, you could say the same thing for Turcotte. I don't for know how Turcotte, he-
1: who hasn't even succeeded yeah. in the AHL,
2: exactly. So I, I mean, I I guess it comes down to if Rob Blake thinks Krafzoff is. Further along, which you could make case for, he's playing in the NHL. I mean, Turcott has two, yeah. but a very small sample size. Um, I, honestly, I, I think this could be a deal. I, I, I do. I mean, um, I still think Turcott may still have a little bit of a higher ceiling, but that's just
0: my opinion. But they're both players fair. that are on organizations that they're blocked. They, they need to get the hell away from. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's just one thing. Next one,
1: yeah. So I'll uh, I'll get rid of that one, but good, good proposal there by Jay Lewis. Jay Lewis comes again. Uh, Tanner Janot for the Rangers For Zach Jones And I'm going to say that uh, Nashville probably says no to this because I think they're gonna, It's going to take more than Zach Jones to get Tanner Janot. I think Vitalik Kravtsov for Tanner Janot as Larry Brooks started pushing around is Actually the basis of a pretty good deal if both Sides wanted to make one um, I think that's another player that Another scenario that the Rangers are looking For. <laughs> they're going to look for a player like that that has Some term that's under team control You know, maybe a young forward that there's still more to give. I think Gignot's rookie year is kind of a – I don't want to say it's a fluke, but when you shoot at, like, nearly 20%, it's not sustainable in your rookie year. So um, I do think that he could be, like, maybe a 15 to 20 goal scorer going forward in your bottom six, and that's, like, perfect because he's physical, he fights, he plays playoff-type hockey. He's what Gerard Gallant wants. And I can't blame him in that aspect. I can't, but um, I think Vitaly Krapov or Tanner Janow can make sense because if if the Nashville Predators are looking to add offense and add a skilled player that you know has some has a ceiling to still kind of get to, then maybe that does make sense for them.
0: Anthony,
2: yeah, Nashville says no for for Zach Jones. I mean, maybe for Kraftsoff, but Zach Jones, no. I mean, Janelle's pretty, pretty good NHLer. Zach Jones hasn't really proved much in the NHL level. Nashville, yeah, Nashville says no. To this, says no to this.
0: I would have to say that the way this is currently uh, situated, absolutely, Nashville says no. Uh, let's say you throw a second round pick in there, maybe a third round pick, maybe. But also, Tanner Janela is an RFA, so all the hammer is with them. You were talking about a shooting percentage. How many of the goals that he had last year were deflections or uh, or rebounds? Like those, sometimes those chances don't come along, and then you have to actually shoot the puck, and it you, that'll lower your shooting percentage by, by that nature. And uh, do we have any other ones?
1: Uh, and- yeah, we do. Um, I'll get rid of that one. The next one is from John D. Lee, uh, one of our OGs. Um, he says Jordan Greenway for Vitaly Kravtsov. Um, I don't think that's enough. I think you might have to add to Krasov to make that happen, but I don't think it would be a ton because Jordan Greenway has kind of fallen out of favor in Minnesota. I do like the idea of adding him, though, for the Rangers. I think that he would be a real good bottom six forward, um, and you can kind of plug him on your second line, too, if you wanted to. I don't think that's ideal but he would be one of those guys that could be like a big forward that would make space for Panarin and Trocek if that's the line or whatever the case may be. So Jordan Greenway would be a player that I think the Rangers would like. Um, I just think it's going to be a little more than Vitalik Kraushoff to make that work.
0: Anthony.
2: Yeah. um, Minnesota says no. Um, You know, he has fallen off a little bit this year, but you know, two years ago he had 32 points last year. He had, Ten goals, so he's a useful bottom six player. Uh, got a lot of size, so the uh, Rangers would have to offer up more to get Greenway. So Minnesota
0: says no. Is it unfair to use the term Ryan Reeves with talent? Um, just asking, guys. Um, that was the first comparison that came to mind because you know, ten goals, seventeen assists last year. You're right about that, and six goals, twenty six assists. You know this. He could he could be a real good fourth liner for the Rangers, but right. But to answer the question, he, boys, he does play yeah.
1: a big, heavy game like Reeves. Um, he
0: he's more of a grinded out game. Uh,
1: yeah, he will fight too if necessary. Um, Sixty nine
0: penalty minutes last year.
1: Yeah, so I uh, I mean I I wouldn't say Reeves is a great comparable. Um, but he's he's definitely a big power forward who who has some skill. I think there's a, a level that could still be unlocked with him. I, I I think there's, I think you just might need a change of scenery and some different linemates to make things work. So,
0: yeah, you look at his Is I guess that would be his rookie season. 81 games, 12 goals, 12 assists, 24 points. You know, big things were expected of him coming out with the World Junior team, but no, nah. yeah. Uh, do we have any
1: other ones? Yes, we have a few more. Um, okay, Christie comes through and says, "What about Tyler Bertuzzi to Tampa at fifty percent retained for two seconds and a prospect?" Well, uh, Chris, you gotta—I'm gonna grade this one as an incomplete because you—you don't—you're not giving us who the prospect is. Um, I, I get it. Tampa Bay's prospect cupboard is very, very bare, especially <laughs> after the Brandon Hagel trade. So they they don't have a lot to work with, but you got to give me a name here, or some something else to work with. I get you're just trying to give us the framework, but I, I got to grade this as an incomplete at this point. So you'd have to sorry. you'd have to
0: say an actual NHL prospect. Yeah, not, yeah. sorry, bud. Uh, however, by the way, two seconds. That would be their 24, uh, 2024 and twenty twenty five. Even though their championship, yeah, I don't Mendo think they have a second right this year, right? Uh, they yeah. still they don't have a second this year. It would be the next two <clears throat> after that. So they don't draft. They don't draft higher Thank than you. the third round until uh, 2025, and that would be in the first round. They would have a pick. I I say Tampa has to say no on that. Uh, they got some great depth this year, so I think Tampa says no. But Anthony, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, also, too, when you got to remember, when
2: you retain. When you re- you when you retain salary on a player, that usually increases what you have to give up a little bit more. Um, so yeah. I I, th- I think Detroit could get more than that for Bertuzzi retained.
1: Okay. Oh, I got I got another one here. I got two more actually. David Wood comes in and says uh, Bertuzzi at fifty percent retained for Kravsov, Jones, and a twenty twenty three second round pick. Um. I think this is close. I'm not sure if Detroit says yes, but it's close. Um, I I am very fifty fifty on this one because I, I could see Detroit saying yes. I could also see them saying no. I, it just it's very close. I don't know if the the Bertuzzi necessarily gets a first round pick with the way that he's been this season, the fact that he's been injured. But th- this is very
0: very close. I'm gonna go with. It goes through. I think it goes through. That would give them two second round picks this year. i lose my power on my laptop, boys, so I'm just letting you know. No, no problem. So we'll wrap this up and get to Q&A now. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I think this goes through. That would give St. Louis – not St. Louis, sorry, Detroit, because they have St. Louis' pick. That's what I, the, I was looking at. But uh, that's gives them three second round picks this year, and you can move around in the draft then you know what i I gotta go with this so yeah anthony
2: i don't i'm not sure um i mean kraftsoff could still be viewed as maligned and you know uh, trending down um hasn't really proved anything uh zach jones uh hasn't proved anything at the nhl level um you know, so and also with Bertuzzi fifty percent retained. I mean, this is a guy that's that's scored sixty points before in his career market. I think you have to give up a little bit more for Tyler Bertuzzi, especially at fifty fifty percent retained for you know, two guys who you
0: know haven't really done much at the NHL level. All right. Uh yeah, we gotta ask for more of these trades on a different time. We're gonna actually just Wrap up this side of this. Let's get to some Q and A. Let's uh, also get some notes out there. Uh, see, we, I just I just lost all my co-hosts all of a sudden. So, because uh. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask Anthony if he has any any show news or notes. I guess I'll I'll take a couple more of these real quick. But uh, Nick Busey to the Rangers and to Arizona two thirds fourth round pick and Hayek. Uh, the Rangers say no. That's too much for Nick Bustat. I and mean, Nick Bustad is not what he was with Florida. Uh, Isaac Howard or Cal Foot were the prospects he was looking at? Uh, you know what? Maybe like an Isaac Howard. Um, Benito to the Rangers, 25% retained for a fourth and seventh. I think... That isn't a bad one. So that's all right with that. Yeah, I had to all kind right. of
1: reposition because of the the laptop, but I, I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to wrap this up soon, so
0: Oh no problem. I mean you're got a lot to, to do with family, so it's uh there's it there's a lot that has to go with that. I know you, Anthony yeah. you're still there in audio, right? All right. I thought I I thought I heard him a second ago.
1: Okay. Kravtsov for Zuckerel straight up. Yeah, I wish.
0: Yeah, um, I think Minnesota might say no on that one. Yeah, maybe. Maybe just <laughs> a sharp
1: Stephen Lorenz to the Rangers for a third in 2023. Uh, I like the player. I, I don't know if he's worth a third-round pick, though. I'm going to go give him a third. I, I think I'd rather give it up for Tyler Mott than Stephen Lorenz. That's just me.
0: By the way, Phil, do you have any other um news around the league that broke around recently?
1: Not really. Um, it's really just the Chikrin talk at this point. I um, uh, he it, it's it's really just it's it's Gaverkov and Chikrin that we're waiting on at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Christy. Con- Connor McDavid on waivers, yeah. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I bet.
0: Which, by the way, we were talking about the different uh, trade deadlines, the waiver deadline in baseball. All players go through waivers. That that that's just a people don't forget about that because it's, it's a matter of if they put them through waivers and they revoke them, that's the thing. Because I mean, there's lots of times they'll they'll put their guys through waivers and then be like uh, just and they're just doing it for due diligence purposes. They're not doing it for anything else. Like you know, the Mets will put through. Pete Alonzo. Somebody goes, I'll take Pete Alonzo. No, you know, we're going to take him back. There you go. Because uh, that does happen a good amount with a lot of these uh, things. Going back to going back to this. I mean, by the way, uh, Saturday afternoon, Islanders had that loss in, in overtime. And one thing I was arguing, Phil, is depending where the puck is, it, the puck itself couldn't cross the line unless it was possession. Now, talking with fans that day, all of them said, that's not possession, kicking it to your, to your, st- uh, your stick. It you is. told me. It is. It is.
1: It, it, it absolutely is possession. And as, as long as the if, – if he had lo- – like, all right, so if, if the puck got away from him, then that wouldn't have been possession and wouldn't have been onside but you're allowed that's a continuation play and that's allowed i i've literally seen this rule before called a rule so um mm. i it, it just – it is what it is
0: all right uh let's get some more comments that are down here yeah arizona needs to lower their asking price they're not going to do that,
1: that's what it basically comes down to. is Arizona's just—it's just too much for, for chicken Way too much. I wouldn't. And, want uh, Chris, out.
0: I'm going to disagree with you. I think uh, the Wild already have Zook in the budget. He worked great with uh, Kirill Kaprizov. They're not moving him. It's just—it's not going to happen.
1: You know what? He's only got, I think, like another year on his deal after this one, if 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 I remember correctly i i i don't think he has much time left on his deal and he's up there in age so he's he's 35 right now yeah he's a free agent after after next season and he's got a no uh a 10 team no trade for this year and next year and he's got a no movement clause so like you can't move him to the minors or anything like that but I mean, he is movable. Um, I get the chemistry is there with Kaprizov, and those two probably have you know some. And they're probably good friends, but I, I, if I'm Minnesota, I would really think about moving him and seeing what you could get, because it's just it's the point where they're going to have a lot of trouble with those two dead cap hits. That uh, just wow.
0: God. Yeah, and, and it's real, and it goes up next year. I think it goes up yeah, to uh, it, it, it's it's six point three seven
1: six million three hundred seventy one thousand seven ninety four, 371,794 and it goes up to a million or up a million to 70 uh, or to 7 million 371,794 for the next two seasons. So it's a total between the two of them of fourteen million seven hundred forty three thousand five hundred eighty eight dollars of cap space eaten up by two players that aren't even on your roster. That's terrible. Yeah, that's really bad. And uh, you have Ryan Reeves, Freddie Gaudreau coming off the books after this year. Freddie Gaudreau, you're gonna want to resign that guy. Yeah, uh, unless unless you don't. I mean, he had 14 goals and 44 points last year. He's not gonna have this type of year. Uh, that type of year this year. He's only got 11 goals and 22 points. But he's he's three goals off of his career high in 23 less games played as opposed to last year. So he's having a, he's still having a decent year. He's going to command somewhere around 3 million, maybe more. Um, Matt Dumbo comes off the books. That's 6 million to kind of absorb the blow. Um, But just how, how are you going to handle all this? Hey, hey, What's that?
0: By the way, Anthony threw this one out there: uh, Minnesota and Washington working on a deal, and he playfully says, "Peter Bondra for Marion Gaborik, in their primes, two slow straight up for each other." Who says no?
1: Uh, I think Washington says no to that. Peter Bondra was a 50 goal scorer twice in his prime, and he did it in the uh, in the trap clutch and grab error. Mm. Gaborik was a three time 40 goal scorer, but. He did it post cap, no two line, uh, no two line pass rule. So I, I, I just think Peter Bondra is the better player. Peter Bondra is a 500 career goal scorer, and Peter Bondra is just uh, one of the more underrated players of all time.
0: Yeah, and if if you grew up in the 90s, you knew his name and. He was just a terror with the Washington. He was a Ranger
1: killer too. He oh my goodness! Killed
0: the Rangers. Deal, he said. As a Canes fan, I would not hate it if they picked up Simmons off waivers. By the way,
1: can Wayne Simmons play that type of game at this point with all the speed that Carolina
0: plays? With? Yeah, he's I, too I, don't, slow. I just don't know about that. He's too slow for them. I do have to mention and give you a shout out because there was a shout out for other trade talk uh, videos on different channels and they picked you of course they go to the smart ones so that's that's one reason why i gotta give you a shout out on that i i actually oh. had the clip of it uh, i think it was uh i forgot what channel someone, it was someone picked us oh no somebody picked him picked him who? for one of his comments yeah oh, uh, e- uh, so okay cool yeah i think it was uh uh it wasn't hot take hockey with somebody else uh, it was, I was I saw it. I'm like, damn it! I got I gotta send him an email well, on this. Pretty
1: cool,
0: yeah. So, uh, A Z is saying would the Rangers move in the offseason season uh, for cap reasons to resign players? Uh, Goudreau's three point six million. Could see it. I could see, could it, see it, it, but Phil, that's a tough ask. That's another. Th- that's uh, four more years at three point six. They're gonna have to retain some.
1: Maybe a little bit, maybe somewhere to get them around like 275. I think Goudreau's worth like 25 at most.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you could you could probably retain like a million. He, Barkley Goudreau is a hell of a player. But even if he was traded off the Rangers' filk, Gerard Gallant would still play him 18 minutes a game on the Rangers. So Probably. Probably. So there you go right there. All right, um, we're gonna. Uh, I know you're gonna be going going off in a minute. We're gonna go yeah, for another ten more off. minutes. Uh, we'll go to three thirty, everybody. So Kratz off to the Habs for uh, Wi-Fi, and a third. Uh, uh, yeah, I see the. I don't the think Montreal
1: moved him. I say Montreal says no. I don't think they move him. But I'm gonna sign off though. Everybody, you have all have a great day. It was uh awesome to do this guys with the with the backdrop and the weather outside. This is cool well, probably the coolest one I've done so far. And I've done uh I've done this on the road two other times in North Carolina, so it was both very yeah. fun.
0: But, uh, so it, it is fun to do a show on the road. So. Yeah, it is.
1: It feels yeah. nice to be away from New York, be in this nice weather and you know, be outside. So
0: Uh, I'm definitely going to have to do one in Arizona when uh, at least one in May. So I know that. And I I know there's going to be other trips that are going to be booked. Phil, enjoy Florida the rest of the weekend. Will do, guys. Everybody,
1: take care. Let's go, Rangers. Um, I'll try to keep everybody updated on the Big Apple Hockey page on Facebook if I can do a final buzzer. It just depends on where I am tonight um, after the game. So Maybe, maybe I could do one maybe even tomorrow if I have some time just do a quick one Uh, who knows but i'll keep you all
0: updated uh d saying come to the stadium game i wish and believe me i i wish and i was really trying to to get there
1: if i if i if i ended up going to carolina by myself (laughs) so (laughs) that's
0: not gonna happen all right phil take Take it have a great time let's go rangers all right uh Goudreau of the Yotes would make sense. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pull out Anthony's thing right here, even though he's he'll, – he'll hopefully he'll join us before the end. Makargliano um, was saying Kratsov for Hoaglander could happen. Hmm. All right. We'll have to look into that one. Uh, but going back to what Chris also said, Goudreau of the Yotes would make sense. They have the cap room for a long time. He can help the young players with the remainder of his contract. Yeah, but I think also when it comes to like a guy like Bark Goudreau, he's one of those guys, those depth pieces that really help you work harder towards the Stanley Cup. So that would be one thing. Um, I got to go with what Sean's saying right here. This deadline has a Yandel feel to it. They know they are close and it's time to spend draft capital. I agree with that. And also part of the other things that are coming, sort of like with, you're saying the Yandel trade, uh, Cause they traded Anthony Duclair in that trade and a lot of fans killed it, but also knowing Bucinavich was coming. This one, I would say you have draft capital to trade. I don't think they're trading any of their hot forwards or their, their young hotshot forwards. Their, their first or second overall picks or Filipino. I do have to say though, if they trade guys, Brennan Ottman's going nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. He's, they, they're they're high on that kid, and it looked like he was going to make it out of the, the season. Who knows? If the Rangers decide they don't want to pick up anybody, they might want to bring him up after the OHL season ends. So we'll see about that. Uh, th- that would be a bad move, in my opinion, only because they have the slide contract. You're, you're going to have to get yourself out of Capel, slide the contract one year. All right. Chicago and Arizona already said they would easily take on, on salary for good assets. And by the way, how you doing, Romanell? Yeah. By the way, that's the other thing. Goudreau does have a modified no trade clause. He's listing fifteen teams every single year that he cannot go to. Uh, presumably, I would say probably all the Canadian teams because that's what most of these guys do, which is weird because I would. I would gladly sometimes just go play in a a hotbed hockey market. Uh, 322. Right now, we have 38 of you watching, guys. If you haven't already done it, make sure you're hitting that like button, uh, that like button for us, and uh, that you know, be or smashing that like. Or I, I love doing this graphic of the hand of God. Oh, appease the YouTube gods. All right. Let's get back to some of your comments right here. Um, Minnesota loves their goons, so I'm going to say they were targeting Tail Hunter. <laughs> I love when uh, when they have those on there. Brian Bellows and Basil McRae for Kelly Johansson in a second. Wow, we are just throwing all the names out there. By the way, if you haven't seen it, Basil McRae uh, had the comment of I played in the NHL for 18 years. I was in the Mighty Ducks for 30 seconds and everybody remembers me from that. I mean, it certainly wasn't for Mike Madonna's acting. So great hockey player, not much of one. Iceman, I do think everybody is going uh, just, you know, Max Domi gets traded now at every single trade deadline, I think. So, because he's going on this one. He went on the last one kind of interesting what happens with Max Domi in the rest of his career but uh I think it would be too much of an ask but you know what maybe hardest it's hard to gauge what Max Domi brings I don't even know anymore so uh <laughs> uh just me saying playing Canada and you have a nightmare taxes yep What do I think the likelihood of Kane coming to the Rangers still is? Sean is asking. And I got to ask, I got to say this. Nope. I don't think it's happening. I think that's, I don't think they got the deadline cap space right now. I'm on the Rangers cap friendly and they have $1.6 million in deadline cap space. Absolutely not they'd be better off trying to get that fourth line center, shoring up that fourth line. And, uh, as you guys mentioned before, there's a, the, and I even mentioned it before. AZ is saying Sean Lafferty would be a perfect fourth line center for the New York Rangers. I agree that extra year on his deal could be a sticking point to, to get that up there. Musics is in the comments, but I'm going to get to you in one second. Uh, Jay is saying, Hayek to the Senators for Austin Watson. I'm going to have to do further research on that because Austin Watson -Watson sounds like a NASCAR driver right now in my head. Uh, I don't have the most thorough knowledge of prospects. That's why I got Phil and Anthony for that. Music is saying, if the Rangers do play the Devils in the first round, do you predict the Devils goaltending holding up? Here's the thing. Uh, No, I don't. Uh, music's, I think that you hit the nail on the head with this one. And I talk about this all the time. Career high, I believe for, um, uh, for VTech Vanacek in the season is 42, maybe 43 games. And I have something, uh, that I have something that I could say. And yeah, we got, we, we got this news that's breaking that we've, we've known this for a while. We've kept it on under hats. But uh, Patrick Kane is interested in the New York Islanders and he's not going to go there to be a rental, I've been told. But I do have this question whenever I, I ask it about goaltenders' conditioning and endurance. I always call it the Yaroslav Halak rule, but now maybe lower that number because a lot more teams are using tandems. But okay, yeah, then he could still go to Dallas for this year and end up signing anywhere he wants in the offseason, including. Uh, by the way, Jay, thank you. Watson, tough physical center. I'll take a look at those. Um, I'll take a look at his numbers in a second, especially before three thirty hits. Uh, so when it comes to goaltenders that aren't accustomed to playing every single game, the Stanley cup playoffs ends up showing that they can get gassed pretty easily. Uh, which actually I thought Igor was gassed at the beginning of last year. He, and he got his second win pretty, pretty good. So, can Vitek Vanacek do it? I don't know about that. I just, I just don't know about that. Uh, here's an interesting name. Let me throw that out there. Uh, yeah, Kane said it basically was that that was one of the places that he was looking at. He's, it's still hard for anybody to just fathom. This is where I'm going to move on with my career. Chris Frost is saying, "How about Pugh Suter the Rangers for Kratzoff and Goche? Um, let me look up what Pugh uh, Suter is making with Detroit because I can't believe Detroit snapped on him. But three point two five, he is a UFA. That could be that could be an option. How about this one, Oscar Sundquist? Oscar Sundquist would fit more of the, the the mold and." Uh, 2.75. He's a UFA at the end, pure rental. That's not a bad decision to go for Oscar Sundquist. He already helped, I believe, the St. Louis Blues win the cup in 2019. And yes, he was on that team. So it was that was one of those guys that in daily fantasy, I would always take him and he would always produce. So. Yeah, I would. I would actually think Oscar Songquest would be a better addition. Let's see, what we got here Watson on the faceoffs. Let's see, Ottawa got Watson, and he's 1.5 million. He's a UFA at the end of the year, and let's get some of those stats on Austin Watson. And quickly, uh, Austin Watson. Uh. His face off percentage is only about 40%. Uh he tends to fit more in the mold of a winger. Four goals to assist, uh uh six points, minus eleven. Yeah, that that 56 point that 56 penalty minutes of that 91. So if you if the Rangers wanted to go for toughness, they can go there, leave Goudreau at center. But no, I, um it's not a bad decision. I Obviously, Tyler Mott is there. Here's a question: Does Ottawa now? The guy's poo pooed it before, but does Ottawa stick with uh, with their roster, even though they're at 55 points? They're within shouting distance of the New York Islanders right now, and and the Washington Capitals. They Ottawa has 53 games played. Detroit and Buffalo, 52. Ottawa's got 55 points, Detroit-Buffalo 56. 61 is Washington currently in the playoffs. So both of those teams have at least three games, all three of them, if not four of them, which is Buffalo and Detroit, have four games in hand. But you got to win those games. And the thing is, they're going to have some games against each other. So that's what's going to make that a little bit more interesting. All right, let's go on. Uh, But, yes, Patrick Kane. Did have some doubt. Um uh, Patrick Kane did have some interest in the New York Islanders. He's a big fan of Matthew Barzell. Although right now, Matthew Barzell better get working on that game to justify that contract. Um uh, for life is saying, do the Rangers resign sign Nico Mikula at the end of the season? Capo seems very excited to have a fellow finish player on the team. Let's see what we got Mikula making right now. I think he's only making just under a million maybe a little bit less. And yes, it does help. We have somebody to associate with. Uh, Mikko is making 1.9. Can they do it? It's going to be a tight squeeze. It's going to be a Tyler Mott situation, sort of like last year where they might need to. Uh, they might, they might need to part ways with them at the end if they can't get the number that they want. So that would be, uh, but also, you know, Miko has been a ranger for two games. Let's see how he plays. Uh, yes, and that is true. He does have interest in the New York Islanders. Hugh Suter would, uh, Chris Frost is saying, Hugh Suter would have better depth scoring than Sunquist. Plus, playing with Goody and VZ would be nasty. I think uh, VZ is on that line with Trocheck and Kreider the rest of the season. I think that's they're going to use that as a shutdown line. And they've been doing pretty well. So, D.E. Uh, Lee is saying, Otto has been trying to get Ranta from the Hurricanes. Why? <laughs> I mean, I know why. Uh, as a backup goaltender, and he's an upgrade. I mean, they already got Camp Talbot, so they might as well get Cam Talbot's a successor as well uh, in Auntie Ranta. But, uh, you know how many more X ranger often injured goaltenders can you possibly get? And unfortunately, I think the one reason why they're doing it and the answer to the why is there's it's, uh, unfortunately that, that incident with, with, uh, Anton Forsberg happened. And I think it's both knees. He, he ruptured that's, Oh, that's just nasty. Uh, if Kane was the left wing, it would make sense right now uh we have too many wingers i think that's uh for the islanders that's data survival saying uh 1.9 million no way he resigns david saying uh you have ben harper and the team likes Robinson. yes they do so i would have to say again is a tyler Mott situation does it actually work like like that, he wants to stay. Can they get the right price? Brett is saying Harper better than Mikula anyway, and you know what? Harper is Harper is definitely a good depth piece. He, I think he's going to be better than Justin Braun was last year. How about that, everybody? A Justin? Or I actually got it right, and uh, I think that's that's definitely the better comment uh, or the better defenseman to go with Talbot. Uh, Talbot's injured, yes, because he always like it's, but. By the way, Steven, thank you very much. Welcome to the show. Uh, there's there's too many of these uh, just goalies going down. Ronta's always injured. Uh, UFA at the end of the year. But you know what? If anything, the Canes proved you need Auntie Ronta for that team. People want to rip on the uh, the Rangers for beating backup goalies last year. Again, first off, Pittsburgh had that series one they let the Rangers off the hook and it wasn't just because, and don't blame Louie Deming, because uh, Tristan Jari was in game seven. They had a two goal lead in game five and game six. And then in game seven, they had a lead in the third period. Um, then, uh, they get auntie Ranta who did not look like a backup at all until he let him one bad goal in game six. And then the Rangers just smoked him in game seven. So, um, Patrick's saying, bro, Kane could show us the way to the promised land. His numbers are still solid as hell. Let's go Islanders. The only thing I would be concerned about with Patrick Kane being on the New York Islanders is yeah, you have two pass-happy uh, guys on the power play. You need some guys that are just going to shoot the puck. Chris Frost is saying, what about Varley to the Knights for Hill and Martinez? I think that deal, if the Islanders drop out of the playoff race, is likely, but unfortunately, on- Unfortunately, they're still in it. Because also, by the way, uh, Scott Mayfield is going to have value at the deadline if the Islanders drop out of it. But I don't think they're going to. Brian DeHubby is saying trade Halak. He's playing great and his value is high. We're uh, going to uh, we're gonna ride Chesty to the playoff as always. You're correct on that. There's only one bit of bad news. And it's funny to say it. Jaroslav Halak has got a no move clause. And I believe it's a full no-move clause. Yep. Full no-move clause for Yaroslav <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that. Stupid Rangers. Uh, sorry, stupid stupid fingers. Anyway. Uh, Rasmus Kapari for Kratsov. I don't think that's happening. Uh, I don't think that's happening. Uh State of tomorrow saying, yeah, Barzell is a right wing now. Well, someone is going to have to play the left wing. I'm thinking Nelson, Horvat, Kane, and uh, Barzell on the second line. Well, spread out your assets. That's what you should do. And I don't know about moving Bar- Nelson to the, to the left wing, though. If you do that, then Barzell moves to the, the center of the second line. But Kane said he's wanted to play with Barzell. So that's that's something that's in there. All right, everybody, we're at 336 right now. I'm going to start the music to say bye-bye because, after all, that is the song. I am working on getting a situation where you guys can actually download this song because I love this song. It's a great one. Nelson riding an 11-game points scoring streak. That is right. Kratzoff, Jones, Gauthier, and a second to Nashville for Tomasino and Chanel. I I still think I still think it's uh Nashville that balks at that. So um, Romanelli is saying all the Kane talk is leaving a major team out of this discussion. Uh, I'm sorry, major item. I'm sorry. All this Kane talk is leaving a major item out of the discussion. He isn't healthy. His hip is shot. Uh, what would you trade for an aging superstar at this point? That's a good. That's a good point. And also, I, I just don't know if Kane's got that thirst to go anywhere else because his entire career was in Detroit, maybe Buffalo at some point, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's there, but yeah, Brock Nelson's been almost the rain. I want to say, I almost want to say far and away, the best player on the Islanders this season. He's been doing well. So let's start the music. Let's get a couple more comments in right here. Like I said, we have a lot more that we're going to be planning for the trade deadline. I got a Matt Barzell bobblehead already ready to go. Um, I just hope there's more for us to cover at the trade deadline than, than just all the trades that already happened. There's going to be a lot of them. You have to wait till the last minute. Uh, Patrick saying it's good point uh, we can get eight weeks out of a guy. Yeah, but you want to get more than six to eight weeks if you're not guaranteed Basically guaranteed a playoff spot. Like, the Rangers are in. If the Islanders go, let's see. It, this this is the reason why you have to hesitate. If the Islanders at 57 games left, they go uh, it's 23 games. Nope, sorry. 25 games left. Uh, let's see. Uh, sure. Sh- 25 games, 17 points would get you. 17 wins would get you 95 points. 17. Oh nope. 17 is 34. Oh that's right. 95 points. Is that enough to get the Islanders in the playoffs? Because the Capitals, who have 56 games, can go uh, with those 17 points, get the 96 points, and they still have an extra loss that they can have on there. So. I mean, it's it's a rough go, but the thing is, we were talking about this earlier. Teams are not letting the Islanders off the hook. Like if this was last year, the Islanders already would be toast, but they're not because Capitals and the Penguins are still there. Sign Kane in the offseason. State of Survival says it's just uh, just to make us. It would just be so much better for us. Yes. Jay is asking, how many trades do you think Drury will make at the deadline? Will Kratzoff go at the deadline or or at the NHL draft? He's going at the deadline. I don't think think they're going to even entertain having him a few more months. So (laughs) Chris Frost is saying, well, if Kane is like Bon Jovi, who says you can't go home. Great song. By the way, the first song by a rock band to go number one on a country chart. Uh, Patrick is still saying, but a- ahead of the Islanders is Pittsburgh and Washington, and they both bums. I spice that up. He just said they they both bums. But uh, yeah, you know what? And but the thing is, Pittsburgh's gonna improve, and I still say Sidney Crosby is probably the toughest athlete in sports to knock off his game. That guy raises his game so many different times, but. Uh, I think the seven points between them and the Rangers, they're not catching the Rangers. Uh, now, Pittsburgh's got bad goaltending, and they're only 5-2-3 in their last 10. They're getting Jari back, but is Jari really the needle mover as a goaltender? Let's be honest about that. So, let's, we got that one right there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Romanel is saying if the Rangers come out east, it's uh, coming out of the east, it's likely... They play New Jersey, Boston, and Carolina. That's one L of a road. I agree with that 100%. Uh, 100% on that one. Because it's... Now, what the order of those teams are going to be is what's going to come into question. Because the Rangers get hot, the vision isn't out of the question. But we'll see what what else they want to do. <laughs> Jari is the Islanders' favorite goaltender. I agree with that one 100%. And he had money on the Islanders in that series because that pass he made to Josh Billy was still ridiculous. Jury should keep off now that they can bank cap for the deadline. Oh, sorry, the jury should trade off now that they can bank cap for the deadline. Dave, I agree with you on that one. And also, he'll, he'll get a return, a small return. My goalie, Chris Vince, my man. Which, by the way, Chris, uh, just to point out, Mark Williams face-off extraordinaire. Yes, um, Chicago wants uh, too much, and they have to realize to move Kane. The teams still want him. We'll be close to a deal like uh, Chickren because Arizona will wait it out. Yeah, but the difference is Chickren is signed for two more years at I believe four and a half million dollars. That's what's going to really help the the Arizona the Arizona trade. <laughs> And yeah, legend in your own and in, in my own mind. Um, the Eastern Conference is going to be an absolute bloodbath this year, and I'm going to get the Chris Frost comment on that. Kratz for future considerations could also help free up a deal, and then you end up picking up something with what you get left for them. So, anyway, Chris Frost is saying that it's been one hell of a road all year in the Eastern Conference. You're right about that. My question is, did Boston peak too early? Is that even possible? Um, can you peak when you're going to probably shatter the NHL record? So, uh, I think I would have to say, I would say the Rangers go Devils, then Carolina, and then, uh, oh, look out, they might get Tampa again. And, and I, and again, I like the way what, what the Rangers are building right now with us. 36 of you guys are watching me. Just ramble on right now. Thank you very much. You've all been fantastic. And uh, Patrick had a good laugh on that one. Uh, Roman is asking, Keandre Miller over under $5.5 for four years. Well, I think you're going to see a bridge deal. If the Rangers can somehow bridge him under five for about two or three years, that is a huge win. I, he's not getting $8 million, not right now. And arbitration might be involved, but they might all these arbitration cases. Nobody wants to go to arbitration. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting on what Miller gets, but if Miller can somehow come in on and that's a good number Romanel, but if Miller can somehow get closer to five or maybe even 4.5 and only do it for three years and then it, keep an RFA year in there and then you can pay him on the next one. That would really help. Uh, Patrick is saying just how scary Tampa is at this point in, in the postseason. Hardest goalie to eliminate in in the NHL is Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, Miller would get the uh, Noah Dobson contract. I agree with that one, Anthony. See, Anthony's always still here with, his, with me in spirit. Um, so the Dobson contract... Is I want to look that up for you guys right now because no Dobson, hell of a year last year, was doing well for the I'm just no Dobson, four years oh, sorry, three years at four million dollars. That's what we got for Noah Dobson, and he's still an RFA after that arbitration eligible. Uh, going back to Keandre Miller, he is not actually wow, that's a good hammer that the Rangers have, he is not arbitration eligible. That is a big thing. I did not look it up until just now. The the Rangers can undercut him if they want. Not that they want to. They want to pay him something, but it's just they're going to. Don't be surprised if he actually makes under four. Not having on a second contract, not having the arbitration hammer is a big thing. So don't be surprised about that. Would you sell high on Heedle at the draft to get another first-round draft pick to re-sign teresenko At the moment, no, I'm keeping Philip Heedle. Uh, that was an article on Big Apple Hockey Podcast, uh, com that I wrote. Uh, time to drink the Heedle juice. He's starting to really come around, except his face-off numbers are still abysmal. Tomas, how you doing? Possibly late uh, question, but what would Barbershaw cost? Uh, Philk had this one. In um in the Who said no, let me get that one for you. And I think it's a sensible trade. I think it's uh an NHL level prospect, the guy that could play in the league right now, 2023 second round pick, uh 2024 fourth round pick, and Ivan Barbashev at 50% retained. I think that's good. By the way, everybody, if you remember the pure hockey, uh just go to Pure Hockey. I, when, I, when I was in there yesterday, I felt like I was uh Randall in clerks when he went to the big time video and just uh, praising it. It was great. Awesome day. So, but everybody, it is time to end the show today. And it's always, it's always fantastic doing these shows right now. 34 of you that are still watching. Uh, We're going to sign it off for today. If we get some major breaking news, we will definitely come back on if it's not just me it'll be Anthony if it's not just all of us we're we're always going to be around because whenever trades are made or games are played we're here come right back up and thank you Jay oh I have not seen Clerks the Wraith I have not seen it I heard all the jokes misfired but I mean I I owe it to the Clerks because I love I love uh, the second movie especially Patrick, thank you very much because, again, it's, it's great to do this. Uh, I haven't been able to do much work on Instagram in the last couple of days, uh, so also there's uh, lots of stuff to go with there. Uh, so tonight I'm expecting the Rangers are going to take care of business against the Vancouver Canucks. They, they're probably heavy favorites. Don't sleep on them because that's where the Rangers almost lost to Vancouver um, a week ago. So don't, don't do that. Uh, go beat the team while they're down. And especially while Thatcher Demko is not in the Nets for them. And yeah, Jay, thank you. And, uh, oh yeah. Hey, by the way, I never, I didn't say that for you, Patrick. Sorry. Thanks for streaming, brother. Let's go Islanders. I have to throw that one in for you. Even though those words certainly cannot come out of my mouth. Uh, any trades before the deadline or they wait until the third? I think that's going to be an interesting situation, Jay. And I think, there is going to be trades There's definitely going to be some trades that are going to be made. I could see the Rangers waiting till the third though, seeing if some prices can come down. That would be something. Oh, by the way, actually my cousin who played this, uh, who played this song, uh, unfortunately he's been gone 11 years. Uh, but, uh, his daughter plays in Huntington and in, uh, and in Farmingdale, I got to see her at The Villager last week, Karina Antonucci. Go check her out. Or even check out Karina Antonucci Music on uh, Instagram. Because it's great to have a lot of talent everywhere in my family. I wonder where mine is. So, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. And we're going to be back. i look for more segments from this show and some more segments that we're going to be doing throughout the week. Thank you very much and take care.